Welcome to Nimmin Live, the number one place on the internet to learn about YouTube, network with other content creators, and have an awesome time doing it. My name is Nick, and today I'm answering your YouTube questions. So if you have a question about what it is that you're doing on YouTube, there's a form down in the description of this stream right now where you can go ahead and get your question answered on the stream today. Right now, we just got a few questions in there. So if you are seeing this, and I'm starting this a little bit early, I came in, I think, uh, maybe about like six minutes early um, for this live stream. But there's a form down in the description for you early birds where you can go ahead and get your question in there right now and we'll get it answered on the stream today. Now, in addition to that, I do wanna let you know if you are watching this on the replay, we are adding timestamps to these live streams now and what that means is you can just go ahead and you know go down there and skip around to whatever part it is that you want to see in the stream you can look for very specific questions that you might want answers to and so on in order to find the exact content that you want to watch on the replay now i do want to let you know that i do this live stream every saturday at 9 a.m eastern so if you are watching this on the replay feel free to swing by on saturday so maybe we can get your question answered live if you do you know come in here a little bit early now with all of that out of the way, I do want to let you know that um, today's stream today is brought to you by TubeBuddy, which is the number one tool for YouTube content creators. TubeBuddy will help you optimize your videos for discovery. TubeBuddy will help you test your thumbnails to make sure that the thumbnails that you are creating for your videos are effective for the people that you're trying to reach with your content. So make sure that if you haven't tried TubeBuddy yet and you wanna see all the 90 different tools that they have to help you with your YouTube channel, Make sure you go to TubeBuddy.com slash Nimmin and get signed up over there so you can see what TubeBuddy can do for you. Now, you can sign up for free just so you can test it out and see, you know, what you like about it. And within that, you also have forever free features, which means there are parts of TubeBuddy that you'll be able to use free forever if you decide not to upgrade. But chances are, once you get some traction here on YouTube or if you already have traction and you get to experience TubeBuddy, chances are you're going to want to upgrade anyway. Um, this stream is co-brought to you by StreamYard, which is the live streaming platform that I use to stream this every Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern. And the reason that I use StreamYard is because it's easy. I love easy stuff. Um, it's easy. They do all the heavy lifting for me in the cloud in terms of my computer. So I don't have to have a strong computer to run it. Um, they make it possible for me to add graphics to the screen like you're seeing right over here. Um, uh, it's easy to bring on guests, which I might be doing later. I don't know. But uh, but basically, when it comes to StreamYard, if you are a live streamer, it's the easiest thing that you can use um, to go live. So if you are, you know, say you're at that starting point or you just want something that's simple and easy to use, then make sure that you check out StreamYard at StreamYard.com. With all that stuff out of the way, I've got links to that down in the description as well. But um, with all that stuff out of the way, I just wanna say, I hope everybody's having a fantastic week. I'm super excited today to get in here and start answering your YouTube questions. Again, if you are just joining us, we do have a form that is linked down in the description of this stream right now, where you can go ahead and get your question in there. We've only got a few of them right now. So if you can get it in there uh, before, you know, everybody else gets in here, then we'll go ahead and get you answered. Uh, we'll get get your question taken care of on the, um, on the show today. And really quick, before we get into it, I just wanna say creator, classroom what is going on nice to see you in here um my uh condolences to you for what it is that you are uh you know doing today i'm sorry 
um, to see that. Um, Matt Nuts, Crazy World, what's going on? Hope that you're doing fantastic. He's checking in from Maryland. Repair Gang, nice to see you in here. Um, Jelly Duck 100 says, uh, woohoo, member for 30 months. Thank you. I super appreciate that. Um, Repair Gang says, good morning. I actually awake at 7 a.m. for this. Nice. Welcome to stream. You're going to get some good value for that today. It'll be worth waking up for. Doug Houston, YT in the house. What's up, my man? Slot Sista, what's going on? She fires. Nice to see you here today. Um, we've got Learn Spanish World in the house. All kinds of awesome content creators here today in the live stream. I hope everybody's doing fantastic and ready to learn. I'm still kind of getting all my stuff together here. So let me <laughs> click on this. I'm like, yeah, hey, I'm going to come in early, right? Because I'm just sitting here anyway. But then I have like one thing here that I forgot to, uh, to actually enter. So uh, give me one second here as I'm getting all that set up as well. All right. So right out of the gate, um, we got a super chat coming in and I want to, let me take this down here also. And uh, this is from Quizzy On Demand says, I wanna say that I've been watching you since I was at 100 subscribers um, and now I'm at 47,000 subscribers. Thank you, my man, your videos helped me a lot. Do you offer one-on-one -on -one channel audience? I need help. First off, high five and fist bump to you for uh, for 47,000 subscribers, like you're rocking. Um, so I'm not actually offering those services at the moment. I will be again soon, but as of right now, I'm not. However, um, there's somebody that pops into the stream here from time to time, his name is Daniel Batal. Um, I know that he offers those. I know Roberto Blake offers those. I know um, Brian G. Johnson, I believe, is also doing like one-on-one, -on -one, um, like channel audits, things like that. But right now I'm just kind of focused on um, other projects right at this moment in time. And as soon as those projects get wrapped up, in terms of just get, you know, momentum and all the stuff that we're trying to do, then in that case, then I'll start offering, you know, more of that as well. I think I'm actually going to put a form together just so that I can, you know, kind of get a queue of people so that, you know, as soon as we're ready to go, that I can just shoot you an email and let you know, you know, that it's available. But for right now, um, I recommend, like I mentioned before, Daniel Batal, um, Roberto Blake, Brian D. Johnson to, you know, take a look at your channel and, um, you know, send you in the right direction, so to speak. But again, congratulations to you on the huge progress. Um, that you made 47,000 subscribers is no joke. Like if you visualize that, it's a ton of people. Like imagine, and this is just the subscribers, doesn't even count the view counts that you've gotten, right? So if you take 47,000 people and you just like put them in a room, pretty crowded room, right? <laughs> so congratulations to you again for that. Jerry Papandri, what's up, my man? Hope you're doing fantastic. Score, Stormy Rail Production says, thanks for all the great YouTube tips. We've uploaded a video every day for one year. That's fantastic. That's a serious, like that's a hustle, right? Uploading every day for a year. Serious, serious hustle. Hey, really quick, Quizzy on Demand, if you're still in here, do me a favor. Um, shoot me a message on Twitter. Just shoot me a DM um, and I will hit you up there. And um, I just want to see what it is that you're doing. Because like you said, you've been watching since you had 100 subscribers. Now you're 47,000. I might, you know, just hop on with you and, you know, I, I'm not sure. I just want to, you know, take a look and see what it is that you're doing. Um, so definitely shoot me a, uh, a message over there. She Fire says that she has consulted with Daniel and um, she is endorsing that as well because he's a knowledgeable dude, knows what he's doing, consulted with tons and tons and tons of channels. So definitely a good resource there. Okay, so um, let's go ahead and get into the questions today. Do you guys wanna go ahead and get into some questions? If you're ready to learn today, just, just put a yes in the chat. If you're ready to you know learn and get this party started today, um, just go ahead and just drop a yes in the chat. And while that's going on really quick, Learn Spanish World says, I got a message. Your YouTube short has been removed due to updated remix permissions, but it's a remix from my own long form video. Is it because I un 
Oh, if it's, if you unlisted it, then yes. Um, if that's what you started to say there, because as you can see in the message in the chat right now, it kind of got cut off. But um, if it is unlisted, then yeah, that would that would remove that. That's one bad thing about um, remixes is when you're remixing your own content, you can run into situations like that. Or if you're remixing somebody else's content, they can end up taking your video down or your short down if you have remixed theirs because they are still dependent on yours in order for theirs to be there. So that's one downside of the uh, of the remixes. Hopefully they end up coming up with a solution for that in the future. So we've got the yeses here ready to learn. That's fantastic. I do want to remind everybody, um, just as a heads up, as we get into learning here and as we get into, you know, talking about YouTube and, you know, how to grow your channel and all the other questions that everybody's going to be asking today. Um, one more thing that I do want to remind you of is if you are a TubeSpanner user already, um, go, now's the time to get your notepad open if you're watching on a computer. If you're not a TubeSpanner user, um, go ahead and go to TubeSpanner, create an account on your computer, if you're on a computer right now, create an account, install the browser extension, and then come back in here because, or just open in a separate window or whatever, because what TubeSpanner is, is it's a toolkit for YouTube content creators, but one part of TubeSpanner, or one feature of TubeSpanner, I should say, is that while you're watching the stream, you'll be able to take notes and it attaches timestamps to them and all of that. So if I happen to say something where you're like, oh yeah, I need to look at that, or hey, he said something I you know need to look into more or something like that, then you can just make that note and then, um, and then you can download that note after the stream is complete or you can come back into the stream um, at some other time and you'll be able to reference those notes um, that you've taken here during the stream today. But again, it's got a ton of you know awesome features for you, but you can check that out at um, tubespanner.com. But I just wanted to remind those of you that are already um, that are already using TubeSpanner. So let's go ahead and get into the questions today. The very first one is from DRN Makes. DRN Makes, Harry Potter, welcome to the stream today. Hope that you're doing fantastic. Shark Scrapper, what's going on, man? Hope that you are doing awesome. Brown Gal Peace Lounge, nice to see you here today as well. Um, so they upload when they have time here, and this is for DRN Makes. They have a game development channel. That's cool. The goal of the channel says, I want to show other people how I make my games and just have fun with the community. And the question is, so for context, I make games in a game builder garage for Nintendo Switch, but this game is not very well known as a game and a game engine. My question is, how do I go a bigger audience with a game slash game engine that's not very popular? Thanks for answering and helping. So when it comes to trying to get attention to something that isn't popular already, um, like in this particular case, and you got to kind of put the highlight on the fact that it's not popular already. Like this new game or this unknown game is super fun to play, you know, those types of things in order to not optimize everything around the game that nobody knows, but instead making it extremely vague, but letting people know right in the title or the thumbnail that that particular game is something that people, you know, don't really know about yet. So then in that case, what you're doing is you are trying to create that moment to where somebody says like, oh, a, a game that, you know, people don't really know about. Maybe I don't know about this. Maybe this is something interesting. Let me click on that and see what it's about. So the idea is, you know, you want to make sure you put something like that um, in your title. And then when it comes to the thumbnail, I would try to, you know, make the thumbnail as epic as you possibly can, or just show something really cool, spend a lot of time on the thumbnail, thinking about what can I do here with this thumbnail to where if somebody doesn't know about this game, but I'm trying to bring attention to this game, do I can make it look fun or look exciting, like right here within the thumbnail itself. So then that way the thumbnail grabs their attention. They can see through maybe some of the imagery that you're using that it, you know, that it's a game to kind of stop them in their tracks 
to pay attention to it. And then you have, you know, this unknown, uh, you know, game is super fun to play or, you know, I, I easily blow, um, you know, hours on this unknown game or something along those lines for the sake of, you know, making it more general and broad to tap into gamers, but not necessarily people that have to know about the game. Hopefully that helps. Uh, next up, we've got Repair Gang. Thank you for the super chat. It says, do you think it would be cool if we use other YouTube YouTuber emojis in every live stream chat would make memberships super cool? So what you're saying is if you could take membership or emojis from like every channel that you're a member of and just kind of use them all um, within there. Yeah, that would be that would be cool. Actually, I need to add. I haven't updated the emojis here in like a really long time. I actually need to do that uh, myself as well. Hey, and really quick. I'm going to just test something here. Um, let's see here. Do you currently have, and we're just going to do, I'm just dropping this in the chat right now because I wanna see what it does. Oh, interesting, okay. Well, I did it now. So now I don't know, uh, let's see here. Let's end that Q and A maybe. Oh, okay, this is interesting. So. So yeah, so YouTube, uh, basically they have this new feature that they're rolling out for live streamers. So those of you that are live streamers, um, so basically here, I've just got posted up there, you know, how many subs do you currently have? And I add, and I access this by clicking little plus icon that was right next to the emojis. Um, and then now, as you can see, for those of you that are in this question area, um, it's starting to pop up here with the, um, you know, with all the different, uh, you know, questions and whatnot. That is pretty cool actually. So I'm going to go ahead and end that q and I'm going to hit confirm, and then we'll see if I get any data on that in the back end later. But for now, let me switch this back to live chat, and we'll keep it on rolling. Okay, so next up on the list, thanks for your participation on that. Super appreciate it, because I, I haven't had a chance to use that feature yet, because I need to be live uh, when I do it. <laughs> so hey, almost as big as, or how big is the map? Almost 33, almost 34,000. Congratulations to you for, uh, for just continuing to crush. Absolutely love it. So uh, really quick, David, uh, David Matney says, what ratio should our short form content be with long form content? For example, two shorts for every long. So it really comes down to how much time you have. It depends on, you know, what it is that you're trying to get people to do and so on. So for example, when it comes to YouTube shorts, like you can use those to get in front of you, know, like a lot of newer people and things like that, but they may or may not be able to serve the purpose that you're trying to provide or the real value that you're trying to provide with your content. So because of that, you just want to think of your YouTube shorts as like, okay, for these, I'm just trying to grab attention, bring people into my channel. Um, so with those, you know, you could put out, you know, two of those and then one video, that would be perfectly okay. Um, or if you want to be more aggressive on the video side so that you can tap into other features besides just the short shelf, then in that case, you might want to do more of the video content and less of the short content, um, or just a nice balance, like one and one, you know, you can do that as well. But when it comes to YouTube shorts, one of the awesome things about that that I'm sure you've noticed, you know, already is they have everything separated now. So you can kind of go ham, so to speak, um, on that stuff. Or you can go kind of, you know, wild on it, so to speak. Like if you're like, hey, I'm just walking down the street and I think this would make a really good short because I'm standing here in this house and this is something that I want to bring attention to or something like that, then you can do that and you can upload that. But the one thing that I would do is when you uh, decide to do those sorts of things with your YouTube shorts, um, I would definitely make sure that you are not stepping on a video. So for example, I wouldn't do that like right after you publish it, like a long form video as an example. But if you're like, hey, I just have this thing on my mind that I want to let people know about real estate or, you know, something like that, then in that particular case, you know, I'm just going to, I'm just going to hit the button. I'm going to record it and I'm going to, you know, get it up there as a short. So you can absolutely do that sort of thing now. 
Um, let's see here. So next up on the list, we've got um, That's English School. Um, that's English School says they do education content. The goal of the channel is to teach English to Japanese people. And the question is, hey, Nick, can I legally use screenshots from Twitter? I've noticed that some YouTubers like Philip DeFranco um, uh, use them all the time. I've been loving all of your new content recently. Amazing advice. Don't know where you get the energy from. <laughs> I get the energy from comments like this. That's where I get the energy from. You know, comments like that, comments, you know, like the one that came in earlier where the guy's like, hey, you know, I had, you know, I started this with, uh, you know, a hundred, uh, you know, a hundred uh, subscribers. Now I'm at like 47,000, like those types of things. That's where I get my, that's where I get my energy from. Um, so, hey, just as a heads up too. So Doug Hewson, YT, who's in here right now, um, for those of you that want to see more details on the Q&A feature that we just um, kind of demoed really quick. For anybody that wants to see that, definitely go click on his channel name. He's right here in the chat. He's got a blue name, blue wrench right next to his name. Um, go check that out when you get the chance um, if you want to see more uh, about that. So next up here um, on the question side of things, Let's see here. Oh, let me answer your actual question. So when it comes to Twitter um, screenshots, um, you should be fine there. Um, when it comes to using Twitter screenshots, like, you know, using screenshots from all kinds of different things um, is definitely, oh, it's not, it's not out right now. Okay, it'll be up tomorrow. Okay, got it, Doug. So subscribe to his channel because he's publishing that video on the live Q&A thing tomorrow. So go click on Doug's name, go subscribe to his YouTube channel. So if you want to see that feature in action and learn all the details about it, Doug is doing a deep dive on it. So go check that out. Um, but when it comes to you using those screenshots, yeah, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't use it. Or I mean, I wouldn't worry about using those types of things. Um, technically, because you are using their interface and, you know, if their logo pops up in there, somebody's tweet, you know, their picture or maybe their logo pops up in there. Technically, if somebody really wanted to push it, they might be able to get it like taken down or something like that, but they would really have to push it. Um, when it comes to those sorts of things, like I'm extremely protective of my YouTube channel. I'm extremely protect protective over, you know, the specific things that I will and will not do or will and will not use on my YouTube channel. And the reason for that is because I know, you know, all the work that I put into it. So because of that, I'm like a very strong advocate for like not using, you know, things unless you pay for them or you have the rights to use them, things like that. Um, but when it comes to screenshots, I still use screenshots like all the time. So, you know, maybe I'll use something from Twitter, or Reddit or YouTube, something like that. I'll use those all the time and I don't even think about it. So that's, you know, that's, you know, my, my thoughts, um, so to speak on that. Drew Project, what's up, man? How we got here, Genealogy, nice to see you in here. Chatty Kathy, hello, KMH family, nice to see you here. Drew Project again, what's up, dude? <laughs> oh my gosh, they're not a cat, look at that, I'm not a cat is in here. Okay, so next up on our list here, uh, we've got Rachel Smets. What's going on, Rachel? Hope you're doing great. Okay, this is a um, really long question here. So, um, so basically, it says, please explain the formula to suggested titles and thumbnails. Here's what I learned. And then there's like a big list of stuff. And then it says, I'm really struggling. I try a lot. I live and breathe titles. Hopefully your answer helps uh, me and others. So um, I've noticed your posts in uh, Daniel's group uh, lately and in, um, I think, Tube Ritual and in the uh, Daryl Eves group also. So the very first thing is, in your case specifically, because you're saying, because you're saying that, you know, you live and breathe um, titles. So what you need to start doing like right out of the gate is you need to start trying to be more um, succinct 
with what it is that you're doing. If you can take the ideas that you're trying to express and you can compress those ideas down, it's gonna force your brain to say, hey, iPhone Chris, what's up, man? It's gonna, it's gonna force your brain to say, how can I explain this in as little or short of a way as possible? Um, and you want to use that idea for your YouTube titles because it's so easy to, you know, try to over explain everything. And it's so easy to, you know, to, to try to think like, okay, I got to get like every single thing into the title and all that you don't like, if you look at some of my titles, right? Like the title will be like, you know, this YouTube feature will fill in the blank. Right. And the whole thing with that is, I mean, you can't get any more vague. Like it's a saying that it has something to do with a YouTube feature. And then I have the benefit that content creators will get from it or the warning that they need to heed from it or something like that. But I just make it super simple, super easy to understand. And I, you know, try to make them as vague as possible in some cases. In other cases, if I'm going for like YouTube search, then I'll make it like hyper specific. So in that case, you know, maybe it's like a Camtasia video. It might be something like, you know, how to do something specific in Camtasia or something like that in order to make sure that I have everything optimized in every way in order to help me, you know, show up and search there. So when it comes to your titles, the thing that you got to make sure you're doing is compressing the idea down into, you know, just an easy to understand title. So when it comes to your workflow, here's one thing that might get you over this hurdle that I recommend that you try. So right now in your brain, you have all these different ideas about, you know, all the different types of videos that you want to make, all the different content that you want to put out there to help people, you know, escape their, you know, nine to five. So what I would like you to start thinking about is I would like you to start thinking about, okay, instead of coming up with the video idea first and, and like all the complexities of the video idea and all the different things I'm going to talk about, let me just start with titles. Let me just start with trying to write like 50 to 60 character titles um, and just start writing titles. Don't, don't look at those necessarily as video ideas. Just look at them as like, hey, these are titles that I'm trying to write to reach people. And then as you're going through that process of trying to write those titles out, then when you get to good ones and you're like, oh yeah, that, one, that one's that one's pretty good. Then in that case, like pick that one out, put it aside and put it on your list of videos to make. Because then when you're writing the titles and you're starting with that first, then in that case, you can say, okay, this is the idea that I have. And this is, you know, like a super short title. This is exactly how I'll frame it. And then I'm going to put it over here so that when I'm, you know, planning out my content, I can make sure that I have, you know, that particular thing on the list. But, you know, when it comes to all of this stuff, simple, in every capacity is going to get you a lot further than, you know, over you know, over, you know, explaining stuff and trying to explain everything that's happening in the video and the title and all of that. What you want to do is you want to start with a core idea, which is why I was saying to start with the titles. And then from there, then you expand out on like, okay, here's the core idea. Now, what are all of the things once you get the titles that are winners? What are all the different things that I could do here to, uh, to actually flush out this video? So, you know, most of the biggest content creators on the platform, just so you know this, um, they always start with their titles and their thumbnails nails before they even consider like anything else before they even consider hitting the record button before they consider anything else they'll sketch out an idea for their thumbnail they'll sketch out an idea for their title and they'll just keep workshopping that until they come up with something they think is a hit or they believe is a hit and will connect with their audience and then they start you know kind of kind of breaking that out into you know the, the whole video concept so i would try that because what it is that you are doing currently um you know if it's not working for you then you then you need to change something Something in your process in order to, you know, help everything it is that you're doing um, better, 
I don't know if resonate is the right word that I'm looking for, but in order to, you know, kind of get over the hump um, that you're that you're currently dealing with right now. Um, let's see here. So next up on the list here, we've got um, Kaylee Spark. Kaylee Spark says they have a channel about how to crochet outfits and how to style and grow your natural hair. The goal of the channel is to share my talent across the world to help others and also to help my family financially. And the question is, person, uh, people are watching and subscribing to my channel every day, but my payment is not moving three months now. It's at the same amount, and because of that, I cannot get a payout. What could be the cause of that? First, you have to make sure that you are um, enabling monetization on all of your videos. So in some cases, you know, you might be uploading content and you might be forgetting to enable that, or you might have it turned off in your upload defaults, and you might need to actually go in there and enable it for it to happen. Um, keep in mind that when it does come to, you know, your reporting there, you, you know, when it comes to YouTube paying you out, you have to hit those thresholds. But if you have people, you know, watching your videos, because you don't get paid by how many subscribers you have or how many people subscribe to your channel, you get paid by monetized views. So what that means is when you are publishing content, not every person that comes into your video is going to see an ad. However, for the people that do see an ad, those are the people that you are going to, you know, make money off of. So because of that, the very first thing is make sure that one, you are getting monetized views and you can go into your um, advanced analytics and you can see this there. Two, you need to make sure just to be on the safe side that it is enabled. Okay, you're saying that it is enabled. Okay, fantastic. So then the next thing you need to do is you need to look at your um, views and you can actually see if you go into your advanced analytics, your monetized views. So you have views, which is you know all the views that you have on your video and you have monetized views, which is a percentage of those viewers that ended up seeing an ad on your content. So you wanna make sure that you're digging into that um, so that you can just better understand you know what's happening. But if you do find like, hey, I'm not getting any monetized views, then the next thing that you need to do is you need to make sure that you do go and you know you can see it you know on the app, you can see this on a computer, but go into your content library and just make sure that none of your videos are flagged for um, you know for sensitive content or anything like that. So make sure that all of your icons are green and that you don't have any yellow um, icons in there. Little Mobcraft, what's going on? Welcome to the stream today. Alexa Amani, thank you for the super sticker. Super appreciated there. Next up, we've got Nitronic ASMR. I'm going to go back one, make sure that I got, that I didn't skip one. Oh, I almost skipped one. I'll be to yours right here in just a second. Next up, we've got uh, Creator Classroom. Creator Classroom does tutorial content. Um, it's actually specifically, um, uh, she shows content creators like how to make thumbnails and stuff with uh, Camtasia, channel art, thumbnails, end screens, like all the stuff. She shows you how to do it in Camtasia. Um, but the goal of the channel is to help others learn Canva, or I'm sorry, she does it in Canva, not Camtasia. Sorry, she does it in Canva. Um, question is, have you had a chance to look at the new live stream Q&A features? Do you have it yet? Um, I'd love to know a little bit more about it. That was my first run right there with the uh, with the live Q&A feature. Doug is publishing a video on that tomorrow, so definitely make sure that you check it out on, um, on his channel. Um, Nitronic ASMR has been on YouTube for less than six months. It's an ASMR channel. The goal of the channel is to help people relax and chill. Who likes to relax and chill? If you like to relax and chill, just say, uh, just say me. I like to relax and chill. Question is, how do you grow again after a rapid decline in views and interest? First, you have to go in, you have to look at your channel, and you have to see the stuff that has been working for you in the past um, and the content that people did respond to. 
right? KMH family, I'm gonna get you right here in just a second. But what you have to do um, when your channel is you know, climbing and then it takes a decline is first, you have to go in and look at the content that's worked in the past. And then from there, okay, we got a lot of people like to relax and chill, that's what I'm talking about. But what you have to do is you have to go in and you have to see the content that has worked well for, me in the past, for you in the past. You have to make sure that you're looking in your YouTube analytics and you are seeing there. Um, um, if you go into your analytics right now on a computer, if you scroll down to the bottom um, of that first page that you land on, what you're going to see is you're going to see a list of videos that have brought you the most views in the last 28 days, which is the default setting. So you can look at it as the last 28 days. You can stretch it out to 90 if you want. But basically what you want to do is you want to look at that and you want to think to yourself like, okay, out of the videos that have been driving views, what can I publish next that would be a great fit for the people that have interacted with this content? Because what typically happens when you have that you know growth and then you start rapidly declining, um, what happens is either one, the content that you're making, um, it's either too repetitive and people are getting burned out on it. Um, maybe you're not putting in the effort that you used to. Maybe you're not being consistent um, with your content because of that. You're not, you know, in people's recent view history. Um, it could be that you're not making content for a specific audience. And this right here is a huge mistake. So when it comes to your content, you say that you are doing, um, you know, an ASMR channel. So in that case, you are being very specific about the content that you're making. So in that case, one thing that I would do is I would definitely go and look and see the content that is driving the channel in terms of the stuff that is bringing in views, and then think what you could make next for, you know, for those people that are already interacting with your, uh, with your channel. Because, you know, um, when it comes to getting those rises, in some cases, it can happen just from having like one really good video that people respond to. And you know, you can have a lot of suggested traffic coming from that. Maybe you have a lot of search traffic coming from it. Maybe you're getting a lot of activity from home pages. And then maybe somebody else makes a, a video on something similar and YouTube starts showing it to the same people. They start responding to it better than they start than they were responding to yours. And that one will kind of take precedence um, over yours because it's getting a better response for that same audience. So because of that, you also have to consider those types of things as well. Because, you know, when you publish a video on YouTube, even though it can get views, you know, for a very long time, like I still get videos suggested to me that were uploaded 10 years ago. But, um, but you know, you can still get views for a really long time. But that doesn't mean that your video is going to maintain the momentum that it currently has. So, you know, you'll see in a lot of cases, you'll see channels, they'll publish like a few really good videos people respond to, it'll grow the channel. And then like, it'll crash down as soon as somebody makes something that is, you know, more competitive than those particular videos. Or if you get lazy, you're not publishing as much, you know, those types of things. Um, so here, next up on our list here, Slot Sista, what's going on? Hope you are doing great. I think I, yeah, we, we did. I, I said, hey, uh, earlier. So next up, we've got uh, Quotes for You. Quotes for You does daily content. It's a quotes channel. The goal of the channel is to make YouTube my full-time job. The question is, hello, Nick. My channel is about philosophers' quotes. Um, my uh, Two months ago, a video of Pythagoras went viral, reaching 50,000 views. Nice work. Um, but all the others since then don't even reach 500. My CTR is good and my retention is good. However, YouTube stopped showing me after two days. What can I do? So when it comes to um, your CTR being good and your retention being good, um, something is going on because it's not good enough, you know, for the system to show you to more people. So 
because of that, you have to make sure that you are, you know, looking at each video as its own standalone, but you're comparing it against the videos that have done better in the past. So one thing that you're going to see is on your video that got 50,000 views, it's going to look like most likely if you go and look at that video, it's going to look like that video actually doesn't have as good of a metric as or as good of metrics in terms of click through rate and average view duration and everything else compared to the videos that won't even reach 500 subscribe or 500 views. And that's because the videos that won't reach 500 views, um, they're not performing well enough with that small audience to actually get into a big audience. But the video that got into the bigger audience, um, that particular one was shown to a lot more people, which typically drives those numbers down. So one thing that I would like you to do just for perspective is inside of your YouTube analytics, you have the option to compare content against each other. So for example, you can take that 50,000 view video and you can, you can click compare, select that one in your analytics, and then you click compare, and then you select one of your other videos that are are not getting any traction. And then what I want you to do is I want you to look at the impressions. And the reason I want you to look at the impressions is because, you know, if you're getting a lot more impressions, it's harder to maintain those numbers. So what you're going to see most likely is you're going to see that, you know, one, the one video has just gotten, you know, a ton of impressions on it. And the other videos, they've gotten some impressions, but not that much. But based on the impressions that they have gotten, it might not be adding up as much in terms of, you know, performance compared to the 50,000 view video. So when you start comparing content that way and you're thinking to yourself or you're looking at it through the lens of, you know, how much compared to the impressions that I'm getting, then it can start to paint a much more clear picture on what's going on. So for example, I had a friend hit me up, started a music channel recently. He hits me up today and he's like, you know, hey man, same exact situation. He's like, hey, I got this, you know, one video that's doing all right. I got this other video and it's just not like moving, like what's going on. So I'm like, hey, give me access to your channel. Let me, you know, take a look or whatever. And I went in there just a little bit before the um, stream really quick. And on the video that's not doing, the new video that's not doing that great, um, his click-through rate on that is I think right around like three something, you know, percent in terms of just the average out view. Um, but on home pages specifically, Specifically, it's under 2% and the video doesn't have that many impressions on it. So like the click-through rate that he's getting for the impressions that he's that, that he's getting, he needs to re-optimize his thumbnail and his title immediately, which I sent him the message to do that. But he needs to update that stuff immediately because um, it's underperforming based on the amount of impressions that he's getting. So what you wanna do is you wanna go in and start comparing your content that way. And what you wanna do, because I mentioned browse, but I didn't explain that in detail. So when you look at your click-through rate, um, so first off, really quick, because I know we have a lot of new content creators in here. If you're new to YouTube in terms of like, you're just getting going, you don't have a thousand subscribers yet, you're still trying to learn what analytics are, you know, all of that stuff. Um, just say me in the chat, just so I can, you know, kind of gauge how far to, to, to go with this particular topic. But what you want to do is when you are looking at your click-through rate and you're like, yeah, this is, this is a good click-through rate. Instead of looking at it, hey, Neil, what's up, dude? Instead of looking at it and being like, okay, um, this is my click-through rate where it's you know averaged out there. So you go and you get to see that um, kind of averaged out view and the upside down triangle thing that you have there. People call that like a performance funnel, you know, and, and YouTube calls it like how watch time leads to, or how impressions lead to watch time and all that. Um, but when you look at that view, it's factoring in views that came in from your um, or your click-through rate from your channel page, from the subscriber feed, from home pages, from suggested videos, from search and all that. And it's giving you like just a rough idea, right? So what you wanna do to better understand your click-through rate for those of you that are you know just getting into this, what you wanna do is you wanna go into your YouTube analytics, 
once you're in your YouTube analytics, you can click into advanced mode. Now they'll even show you this now. Um, if you go into the traffic sources part, which is down the page a little bit to the left of that upside down triangle, um, you can see this information in there too. But what you wanna look for um, either there or just clicking into advanced mode and then clicking on traffic sources is you wanna go and you wanna look at your click-through rate in the different traffic sources. So what a traffic source is, is a traffic source is pages on YouTube, right? It's pages on YouTube or off of YouTube. So external, for example, is a traffic source, which is like traffic that you get from elsewhere. So like if you share your videos on like Twitter, Facebook, things like that, you can even see how people respond from those. So what you wanna do is when you go into your traffic sources, you want to go there and you wanna look at browse, which is your subscription feed, or not your subscription feed, but other people's subscription feed and um, home pages. You wanna look at that and you wanna see how you're performing there with your click-through rate and average view duration. You wanna look at suggested videos and see how you're performing there. Um, you wanna look at um, search, if that's something that you're going after. You wanna look at search and see how you're performing there. Um, and by doing that and looking at the different pages on YouTube that you're getting views from, it can really open your mind or open your eyes to some problems that you might be having with getting people to click on your thumbnails. So the way that I like to express this idea is for those of you that are trying to get into YouTube search, that's, I mean, it's, it's easy to get people to click on stuff in YouTube search because they're looking for your content, right? So we call that kind of like a low hanging fruit when it comes to YouTube um, in terms of like, that's just the easiest place to get views when you're just getting started because you can literally just say, this is what people are looking for. I'm gonna title my video that, and then hopefully it's gonna be good enough in terms of how people respond to it to get it to show up in search, right? But when it comes to getting attention from homepages and suggested videos and even your subscription feed, um, it's a totally different game. Because when it comes to YouTube search, people are looking for your videos. So because of that, it's easy to get them to click there because you just have to match up. Um, when it comes to your, their, sorry, when it comes to their homepages and their suggested videos, it's a totally different game there because then what you have to do is you have to capture somebody's attention when they log onto YouTube, not expecting to watch your content. So the difference is one is you're just saying like, hey, this video matches what you're looking for, right? So it's easy. But the other one is like, I'm competing with everything that somebody sees on their homepage. I'm competing with everything that somebody sees in their mobile feed, you know, when they're looking at it there. I'm competing with everything that people are getting suggested, you know, next to the specific videos that I'm getting traffic from. So it becomes a much more difficult game to grab somebody's attention there. So because of that, if your click-through rate is low compared to the impressions that you're getting um, and you figure it out on like these particular traffic sources, like for example, home pages, then what you wanna think about there is, okay, if I'm doing okay in YouTube search, but my click-through rate compared to my impressions is really low on home pages, then what that means or translates into is that something about either my topic, my title, and or my thumbnail is not compelling enough to get people to click on it. And it's also topically maybe not interesting enough or not to a broad enough audience or whatever in order for it to get in front of, you know, enough people to, you know, for it to, for them, you know, to, to click on it and come into the video. So the idea is when you start understanding like the different traffic sources and you start understanding like how to translate poor performance in those traffic sources, then it can really open you up to creating better thumbnails for those sources. So for example, if you don't get that win off of homepages, if you're performing poorly there, 
all it means is that you're just having trouble capturing somebody's attention or helping them identify that your video is about something that they care about, right? And compelling them through having, you know, a compelling title or compelling title and thumbnail package to click into your video. So same exact thing goes for suggested videos. So a common problem when it comes to suggested videos is in a lot of places on YouTube, they're coming out small and mobile devices, you know, they're usually bigger. But when you are performing very low in suggested videos, same exact thing applies. You might see that when you're looking in your traffic sources and instead of going, oh, you know, my click-through rate is just this and just kind of walking away with that information, if you know specifically like, oh, I'm not doing that great in, in suggested videos, then you can start trying to unpack why and you can start saying, okay, so I'm not doing very well in suggested videos in terms of my click-through rate compared to my impressions. Why is that? Then you have to start thinking, okay, if my thumbnail were to show up and it comes up this big instead of being, you know, this big, how easy is it to see what this might be about for the people that are, uh, you know, for the people that are interested in this particular topic? Like how obvious is it to them that it's about this? So I know we've got a lot of gamers in here, so I'll use this as an example. So let's say that you have a gaming channel and you are making videos about Fortnite. In that case, then if you're performing poorly in suggested videos and you're using like a screenshot, right? It's a screenshot and maybe your face. Then in that particular case, that might do okay in a mobile feed or that might do okay on home pages, but maybe not so much in suggested videos if it's not obvious that it's about Fortnite. So when you identify that problem in your traffic sources, what you can do is you can say, okay, maybe it's because I'm using the screenshot and they can't see the detail and they can't really tell that it's about this game. So because of that, what I'm going to do is I'm going to pick one of the popular Fortnite characters and I'm going to make that prominent in the image instead of me. So that's gonna be the thing, and then I'm gonna have the screenshot behind it. And by doing that, you're helping people that are into that game identify at a glance, not having to examine it, because nobody examines it, um, but you help them identify at a glance that that video is about something that they care about, right? Another thing when it comes to suggested, if you're performing poorly there, is, and make sure you guys are taking notes on this, by the way, um, because, you know, like, this is stuff that, you know, people, people, you know, like, people will go and hire people to help them know what it is that I'm telling you right now. So make sure that you're writing this stuff down. Um, but the next thing is when it comes to suggested, when you find that you're performing poorly there, the next step, once you you know make sure that you have your thumbnail where it's easy to identify, the next step is you start looking at your title and you start thinking, okay, with my title, if it gets cut off in suggested, then in that particular case is the thing that would interest the viewer, the thing that would also help the, the viewer identify that this is something they care about or the thing that would compel them into the video, is all of that visible before the cutoff point, which is usually between 52 and 60 characters on YouTube. So you have to ask yourself those questions so that you can say, okay, at a small size and being truncated by YouTube is all of the information there that will help people identify that this content is something that they care about and then also compel them to click on the video itself, okay? So you have to make sure that when you're looking at the traffic sources that you are looking at it through that particular lens so that when you identify that you're performing poorly in one of the you know different pages on YouTube, you can start trying to figure out why using some of the information there that, um, that I was just sharing with you. So hopefully all that makes sense. Um, if not, you know, let me know and I can, you know, talk about it for a little bit longer. But, um, but you know, when it comes to your click-through rate, never look at that averaged out view. You wanna make sure that you are looking in the individual traffic sources so that you can see how you're performing in very specific places. And another part of that is that when you are 
publishing your videos, it's also important to know like where it is that you're trying to get views from. So for example, you know, some people that have like companies or some people that, you know, that, that sell stuff through their videos as an affiliate, you know, things like that, they'll intentionally try to get their videos to show up in YouTube search for the sake of just long-term steady traffic. Um, so because of that, if that's what you're going after, then in that case, you need to make sure that you're looking at that in your traffic sources and seeing how your video is performing, you know, for that specifically um, in YouTube search. But if you're like, hey, I want these big spikes of traffic, I wanna grow my channel fast, and I want to, um, you know, like I want to publish a video today and have it get a lot of views, you know, by the time I wake up tomorrow, then in that case, that's where you start thinking like, okay, I gotta be paying attention to browse features and I gotta be paying attention to suggested videos. And I'm gonna put all of my attention on getting my click-through rate and my average view duration up or higher in, um, uh, on home pages and in suggested videos. And if you do those things and you start thinking about it in that way and you start looking at how your content is performing through that data that YouTube is giving us, um, then it's going to make it, it'll make a huge difference on your, on your YouTube channel and, and how your, how your channel performs. Of course, at the core of all of it, you also have to make good content. So the click through rate, that's just one part, right? So, um, so there's that, but you know, you also have to make good content as well, which I'm assuming that everybody here is already making. Um, but when it comes to the, uh, you know, the, the click through rate by itself though, you want to make sure that you are being very mindful about where you're getting certain click-through rates on, you know, the different pages of YouTube. So um, next up, Quizzy on Demand, thank you for the super chat. I appreciate it saying, make sure you hit the like button in this video. I agree. If you're enjoying the show, remember to give it a thumbs up and share it with a friend right now. Okay, going in there now, Doug. Thank you, my man. So the KMH family, um, another super chat here before we um, go to the next question says, hey, Nick, I just wanted to say thank you so much for all your gems. We just hit 200,000 subscribers yesterday and my daughter's channel will be dropping our first video on a new family channel. Appreciate you so much. High five and fist bump to you. Congratulations to you for 200,000 subscribers. I'm actually, I'm going to, is this going to take a second? Cause I'm going to have to uh, click into here for it. But I've got, a, I've got a little thing I'm gonna play for you here that I've played one other time when somebody crossed 100,000 subscribers. And I'm gonna play it for you right now if I can find it here and if I can do it here. This is a fun little celebration song that I made just for moments like this. So I don't know if you can hear that. Okay, let me see. Okay, it is coming through the roadcaster. And here we go. So this one here is uh is for you. I'm actually gonna skip through a part of this really quick because I'm not 100 percent sure where it's gonna start. Hold on. <laughs> oh. Uh let's see here. Is what you do. You've done something awesome. So yeah, it was done something hot awesome. mess history. That's the last one that I played it for. Here we go. Is what you do. You've done something awesome. So I want to give to you a high five. High five. This ball. High five. High five. This ball. High five. High five. This ball. High five. Everybody's for you, 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 for you
listening to this, I know that you've also done something awesome. I know you've crossed a milestone. You're out here doing your thing. I want you to know that everybody's clapping for you. 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 All right. That was fun. So now that we just had a bunch of people leave, <laughs> that's how I shake people out, right? I'm like, okay, let, let's drop it. Let's drop a rap song on them. See if they stick around. Uh, see if they stick around after that. <laughs> so hey, seriously though, um, KMH family, congratulations to you for 200,000 subscribers. Absolutely crushing. Um, I love, love, love seeing that. So uh, really quick here, we've also got um, some member messages that came in. Um, we've got uh, the VS Speaks Royally, member for two months. Thank you um, for that. It says, member for three months, I posted a poll asking most engaged subs how they found my channel. Majority were from random searches. What is the best way to optimize that for growth? So what you have to, oh, you say the distortion level was 10? Yeah, maybe I had that up too loud. Um, but uh, what you want to uh, what you want to think about is when it comes to uh, YouTube search, it's a great traffic source um, in terms of just like long-term stability. However, like the big wins, like the big fast wins, those come from YouTube's recommendation features. So what you want to think about is you want to make sure that you, that like when, when you have people responding to you in search, you have that proof of concept in terms of people click on my stuff and I'm able to give them good content enough that I'm competitive in YouTube search, right? So you have that. So the next thing that you need to start working on is go ahead and you know keep making those videos that will show up there. But the next thing that you have to make sure that you're working on is trying to get more recommendation traffic. Because again, a majority of the traffic on YouTube or the views that, that happen on YouTube, they come from YouTube recommending your videos to people when they log onto the platform. So because of that, you wanna make sure that you are considering like, hey, okay, I'm already doing good in YouTube search, so I can make some videos for that and I know that I'll perform there because I'm already getting a response there. But what you wanna make sure that you are thinking about is you wanna make sure, yeah, I guess I had that up too loud, uh, D. <laughs> but uh, what you wanna make sure that you're doing is you wanna make sure that you are also considering um, the recommendation features and thinking of how you're going to be able to grab somebody's attention when they log into YouTube not expecting to watch your content. Um, next up, we've got, and this was a super chat um, question here, so I'll go ahead and just run down here to this page and grab those really quick. So, um, Let's see here. So Alexa Amani says most view um, most viewed video says, um, do you recommend members for money? Do you recommend members for money? Oh, are you saying like, do you recommend um, that you enable your YouTube memberships and start, you know, doing that whole thing? Absolutely. Like when it comes to YouTube memberships, if you have something that you can offer that is a unique offering to your viewers beyond what it is that you normally do with your content, then absolutely, um, without question, um, go ahead and do that. And then um, there's one other message in here. Oh, no, I think that got us uh, squared up. Okay. Oh, no, 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 it didn't. Okay. So one more here. Uh, let's see here. Says, um, I'm doing great on YouTube with my wax videos. YouTube keeps them up and suggests them, but ads can't be used. So asking, should I move them to memberships? Um, you could, 
Yeah, you could definitely, um, you could move that into, you know, members only content. And then that way, you know, people that are members um, would be the only ones that have access to that. But what you got to think about is you have to make sure that you're thinking about, okay, this is content that I'm using to grow my channel. This is content that I'm putting out for my members. This is content that, you know, that I'm trying to target in YouTube search. This is content I'm trying to get recommendation traffic from. Like be intentional about everything it is that you're doing, but absolutely without question, like you can always put your, you know, content behind that membership, uh, you know, behind that membership ship option if you would like to. So uh, next up that we have here, next question um, that we have here on the list, and really quick, somebody just mentioned that they only have, uh, you know, 11 subscribers on their YouTube channel. Um, I just want to let you know that, you know, everybody starts out there. So, you know, you're just in that beginning part of the journey. Um, so, you know, just embrace where you're at right now. Like one of the really cool things about, you know, just getting started, you know, on your YouTube channel, um, you know, when you have just 11, uh, you know, subscribers on your channel, is that, you know, that gives you a lot of room in terms of like, you can publish videos and then like two weeks later, if you're like, oh my God, that wasn't as good as I thought it was, then you can like take it down. It just gives you a lot of room that way. But keep in mind that with anything, um, if it comes to learning how to cook food, if it comes to learning how to, you know, get into shape, if it comes to learning to play an instrument or play a sport or learning computer tech or learning like anything, it's a process, right? Like nobody starts anything and they're awesome at it right out of the gate and they have like wild success, you know, from day one. So because of that, just embrace the process, learn all the different things that you need to learn in order to, you know, do this stuff, focus really hard on your skill sets when it comes to making good thumbnails, writing good titles and making good video content, focus really good on those three things. Um, and, you know, and, and you'll end up doing okay but you have to make sure that you're continually learning and that you're continually, you know, trying to, you know, do the thing. Super Neil Urban Explorer says, any chance we can have a Christmas special live stream from the OG studio with Nick and D together just for us five-year followers? Yeah, I'll talk to D about that, actually. That would be, uh, that would be actually be pretty awesome. D, are you down for that? We, we have like a, like, a, like a Christmas stream. Actually, I'm, you know what? I'm actually gonna be, um, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah, but we can do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll figure it out. Okay, so D says, yeah, let's do it. So yeah, so it might be like a couple days before Christmas or something, because like, we're, you know, we'll probably be busy on Christmas too. <laughs> so uh, so yeah, we, we'll, we'll figure something out. Uh, we'll figure something out there. That's an awesome idea. Thank you for that. Uh, thank you for that, Neil. <laughs> no, we're going to do it, D. We're going to do it. <laughs> so uh, let's see here. So next up on our, uh, next up on our list, yeah, he says it doesn't have to be on Christmas. Okay, so we've got uh, Pirate Studio Official is the um, name of the channel here. It's a music channel. And the goal of the channel is to entertain people and make money doing what I love. And the question is, how can I make thumbnails for vocal covers? I mean, I'm singing and it's the name of the song. How do you make it stick out? So one, um, you can put the name on it. Two, you can try to get permission for an image or try to find an image that they let people use um, for, you know, um, for commercial purposes of, you know, the actual artist itself and put that artist in your thumbnail. Because if you're doing the cover, then in that case, you know, the video is about them. So then technically you should be okay. However, um, you know, trying to get permission for it first and all that is definitely the right thing to do in that particular, uh, you know, situation. Next. We've got um, Natasha's Nuggets 
says they have a Bible-based uh, channel. The goal of the channel is to get the word of God out on the internet. Um, and the question is, hey, Nick, when is the best time to upload YouTube videos? So the best time to upload YouTube videos is when your audience is online. Um, and the reason for that is because when they are online, when you publish a video, then that's more people that can interact with that content, you know, right as you're publishing it. So for example, if like your core audience is in bed when you publish your video, then in that particular case, there's not as many people that can quickly respond to your video to give YouTube the data that it needs quickly in order to understand better who to show it to, you know, the fastest. So because of that, YouTube gives us information in our YouTube analytics that tells us um, when our viewers are online. So in some cases, depending on, you know, like the activity that you have on your channel, in some cases, you might not see that graph in terms of it not being available yet in terms of the data, um, but it will show up eventually. So until it shows up, what you want to do is you want to start thinking to yourself, okay, the people that I'm targeting with my content, um, you can start geographically and you can say, okay, first, when do they wake up? Like when is most people, when are most people getting up? The second question is, okay, with the specific audience that I'm trying to reach, are they going to most likely be watching YouTube? Like when they get up in the middle of the day, in the evening, like when are they gonna be watching videos? And you wanna make sure that you're publishing, you know, around that time. This is why it's important to make sure for everybody here, um, you know, and this is something that people don't run across until they do, um, but you wanna make sure that you are thinking, like if you're just getting started on YouTube, that you are thinking about who it is that you're making content for, because that helps solve problems like this in terms of knowing, you know, when you should upload, because you start considering the lifestyle that they live, or at least the cycle that they're living in for the core audience that you have. So for example, if you are targeting, um, like let's say you're a gamer and you're targeting like younger people, then in that particular case, you wouldn't wanna publish a video while everybody's at school, right? You'd wanna publish it either early in the morning so that they can watch it while they're, you know, on the bus on the way to school, or they can watch it, you know, while they're getting ready or while they're waiting for the bus, or maybe while they're waiting for class to start or something like that. Or you'd wanna make sure that you publish it after school so that, you know, right when people are getting home or schedule it for after school, or once the bell rings and people are, you know, hopping on their bus and they're looking for something to do and they're all watching videos with their headphones in on the way home, then in that case, you know, that then that's a good time for them to watch your videos. Um, if you are Professor Nez in the house, what's up, dude? Hope you're doing awesome. But um, if you are targeting, for example, um, like, you know, uh, you know, single parent professionals, then in that particular case, getting them in the morning or publishing your videos so that they see them in the morning might not be the best move because, you know, they're waking up, they're trying to get like, you know, everything ready for their own jobs and get ready for their own work while they're also getting everything ready for their kids and all of that. Since they're doing it all by themselves, then they're, you know, much more busier. Um, so because of that, you might want to publish in the evening for those people, but you can always experiment with this too. So you can say like, Hey, let me publish one in the morning. Let me publish one in the evening. Let me publish one in the afternoon and start doing a nice series of those and then figure out, you know, which one, get you the best response that way. But the best way to start or the best place to start is just thinking about for the type of content that I'm making and the people that I'm trying to reach, when are those people most likely to be online, at least for that first core initial group of people. Professor Nez, yeah, I just saw Dee's message here. I saw it on Facebook as well. Congratulations to you, my man, for 20,000 subscribers. High five and fist bump to you. Love that. Love seeing, love seeing friends like, like Crush, it's great. Okay, so next up on our list here, we've got 
Um, metal detecting New York City. They do metal detecting content. The goal of the channel is to tell my story and the story of metal detecting. And the question is, should you delete videos that do not gain traction? So one thing to think about is like, if you just started your channel, um, let me see here, how long have you been on YouTube? Okay, you've been, on, you've been making videos for a year or more. So one thing that can happen is when you have a video that takes off, um, YouTube will start recommending some of your old content to them. So to the people that are interacting with, you know, those videos, or as you just progress through time, as people, you know, start interacting with your content for the people that YouTube sees are enjoying your content or having a satisfactory experience with it, then they're going to start recommending more of your content to those people. So some of that can be your new content. Some of that can be a video that you uploaded last week. Some of it can be a video that you uploaded, you know, last year or a year before that, you know, depending on what's going on. So what you wanna make sure that you're thinking about is if it underperformed initially, I would go in and I would make sure that you are, you know, just updating things, freshening things up on like the thumbnail and title because that by itself can give a video a fresh breath of air. Um, but just keep in mind that if YouTube is going to be suggesting some of that content to people, then if you refresh things, then that will give you the opportunity to try to make a more compelling package in terms of thumbnail and title um, that the people that they are recommending your content to might respond to better now that you know how to do things a little bit better and you know how to grab attention a little bit better and things like that. Skippy ZK says, I get recommended to me videos from six years ago. Absolutely, yeah. I, I was actually logged into another channel that watches my videos and I saw a live stream of mine um, that was from, I think it was like four years ago for that particular live stream. So it's like, yeah, like, you know, like they, yeah, they definitely go into that archive. Um, Earth Central says they have a, uh, they've been on YouTube for a year more. They do meteorology, geology, or meteorology and geology coverage. The goal of the channel is to educate people on what is happening and save lives. Um, the question is, what can you do to create content when your niche is currently quiet and there's nothing going on? Um, you could go into the science of you know what's happening, especially in your case, if you're doing meteorology and ge uh, geology coverage. Um, one thing you could do because you're obviously tapping into the people that are into you know meteorology and ge uh, geology. So because of that, you could talk about you know like why certain things happen with meteorology and geology. Um, you could talk about you know the, the just the science behind all the different stuff that you do. Um, you could also talk about things that have happened in the past. So you could talk about, um, you know, like, let's say, for example, I guess like earthquakes would be a part of that. So uh, you could talk about, you know, like, you know, hey, these are like the top 10, like worst earthquakes ever. And, you know, like talk, make, you know, that type of content. So that then that way, what you're doing is you can do like the science stuff just to kind of better educate people. You can do like lists of, you know, like the best and worst or the, you know, the, the, yeah, probably the worst to probably do better, but like, you know, the most, you know, violent storms, the biggest tornadoes, the, you know, biggest earthquakes, the heaviest rainfall, the longest rainfalls, you know, like those types of things um, to, you know, to kind of keep it rolling when there's no other activity. Deck Plate Tone says, Nick, I changed my channel from cultivation and growth talks from a veteran to Deck Plate Tone. Um, your tips and other tweaks helped. Thank you so much. My pleasure. I'm not sure what Deck Plate Tone is, um, um, but the fact that you're like, hey, I was doing this, but now I'm going to go for this because I want to do this more. High five and fist bump to you for being like, okay, this is the this is the path and the direction that uh, that that I'm wanting to go. So congratulations to you for making that move, and um, and I'm glad that the content is helpful for you. Um, next up on our list here, we've got Repair Gang. Repair Gang in the house. Repair Gang. Woo woo. Okay, so uh, next up we've got I'm still having or Repair Gang says I I, I have a small engine repair channel. 
The goal of the channel is showing people how to fix their own small engines and save money. And the question is, I just hit 3,300 subscribers on this channel. Congratulations to you, by the way. Um, and was wondering now that I'm getting up there, what are some good next tips to focus on? Next steps to focus on. I still update thumbnails and I always make better videos, but I mean monetization goals and stuff like that. Just any good advice. Okay, or any advice is good. So when it comes to like your progress as a content creator, like if you are, you know, you got like 3,300 subscribers, like I would be trying to just double down and just try to like, you know, accelerate things right now so that you can, you know, just kind of start trying to take things farther. So like right now, you know, you're at 3,300 subscribers, everything's heading in the right direction. I would try to just accelerate it right now. That's what I would focus on. Um, of course, you know, if you do have things that you can, you know, start promoting in terms of like affiliate things or anything like that, um, I would definitely consider that as well. Um, I actually have a monetization stream that I'm doing now. Um, and with that monetization streams, we're actually like looking at YouTube channels and trying to brainstorm on different things they could do to monetize better. Um, so you might wanna go and watch some of the replays of the last two that I've done. Um, because that might kind of open up some ideas for you on some different things that you could do. Um, you know, especially, you know, with you having uh, a channel where you're doing like small engine repair, um, there might be some really good solutions and, you know, what we've talked about previously um, in those streams. So uh, really quick, Rene Ritchie says, um, and he's a YouTube liaison. So like everything that he mentions is like, you know, like that's the, the you know, like that's the way it is <laughs> for lack of a better way to uh, say it. But what he mentioned here is he says that deleting videos also removes them from people's watch history, making it less likely they'll be recommended your other videos. I'd be super cautious and strategic about it. So that's his recommendation when it comes to deleting videos for the, uh, for the other question there. Thanks for that uh, clarity, man, I appreciate it. So um, next up here, we've got uh, Warrior Time um, is the name of this one. They have a motivational channel. The goal of the channel is to make an impact in people. And the question is, hello, Nick. My content is mainly long videos, but I have the possibility to upload 10 shorts a day to try to increase my exposure. What do you recommend to me about that? So me personally, I wouldn't upload like 10 shorts a day. Um, I would actually trim it down. I would publish something. I would see how it does and then publish another one, see how it does. And I would just give everything a little bit of space and all of that. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't just cram as many shorts as you possibly can into the short shelf. Instead, I would publish. I would try to learn from whatever it is that you published, publish again, rinse and repeat that process over and over again instead of trying to flood the system, so to speak, with your content. Because when you just flood it, then what can happen is if you start, you know, putting out a bunch of content that just, you know, isn't doing the thing because you're just in a hurry to get content out, then you can just be putting out a bunch of content that's not actually working for you because it ends up underperforming. But if you're like, hey, let me slow this down a little bit. And, you know, for the videos that I do put out every day, you know, even if you do put out, you know, like three or four, for the ones that I put out every day, let me just go ahead and, you know, take some of this time that I'm spending on these other six videos or other seven videos and spend that time trying to make these three better. So that that way, instead of trying to flood it, you're focusing more on creating a quality experience for the people that are interacting with it instead of just trying to, you know, flood the system, so to speak. Next question. Um, next up here, we've got Curiously Allison. Curiously Allison, hope that you're doing well, says they have a shopping vlog. Goal of the channel is to share my excitement of what I find when shopping. And the question is, I can't get more subscribers. My watch time is awesome, but I can't get past 369 subs. You can, you just haven't yet. <laughs> so you absolutely can, you just haven't yet. 
So what you got to think about when it comes to, you know, getting people to subscribe to your channel more is just make sure that you are, you know, reminding people to subscribe. You don't have to cram it down their throat, but just nudge them somewhere in the video. So one thing you can do is look in your audience retention reports, see, you know, typically about how long you get, you know, um, in your videos where people are still, excuse me, where people are still watching, you know, with like larger groups of people watching during those moments and try to find a place like while you're shopping, let's say you're walking through the store because you're doing vlogs. Say you're walking through the store and you're looking at stuff and you're, you know, let's say a quarter into the video. If somebody's a quarter into your video and you have, let's say like a 10 minute video, they're pretty, you know, committed to what it is that you're doing. So then as you're walking through and you're looking at different clothes or you're looking at whatever it is that you shop for, you can just mention at one of the little walls that you have in the conversation, you can just briefly mention like, hey, by the way, you know, I put out videos like this every, whatever your schedule is. Um, so if you're enjoying this so far, remember to subscribe. And all you do in that scenario is you just give people a little tiny nudge. It's just a little reminder. And the better your content is, the more important this is because when people are just immersed in what it is that you're doing, civilians, us as YouTubers, you know, we're like subscribers, views, subscribers, views, watch time, you know, like that's just, you know, how we operate. But when it comes to civilians or people that aren't content creators, like they're just, they're just there to enjoy content, right? Or they're sitting back, they're kicked up on their sofa, watching TV and they're like, oh yes, this is pretty good. And they're used to just like, you know, watching Netflix and watching YouTube on their TV and stuff. So they're not even necessarily thinking about like, hey, I gotta be subscribing to all these different channels that I like. So when you just give that little nudge, it's just that reminder, right? Hey as a heads up, I make content like this all the time, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss anything. Um, even though that's not a 100% true statement on the risk of subscribe so you don't miss anything, um, that's still kind of like the common thing that uh, the common thing that we say. But yeah, definitely start um, asking for that. Um, um, because you know, th that, that does that does work. So um, let's see here. So um, a girl in her passport says, how do you suggest promoting a Patreon? I'm gonna ramp mine up and I wanna promote it. Thanks for everything. So um, my pleasure. Um, when it comes to promoting your Patreon, um, I would just mention it in the actual videos themselves towards the end of the video and just let them know. Just say, you know, hey, you know, by the way, if you're enjoying these videos, I have special content that I publish, um, that I don't publish on my channel that I publish over on this other website. I wouldn't say join my Patreon because if you're not a content creator and you you haven't watched other videos that are you know doing Patreon and things like that, they might not even be familiar with what that is. So what you want to do is you just want to say, hey, um, you know, I have this other you know website that I put um, you know exclusive content that I don't put on my YouTube channel, and that other website actually helps support what it is that I do here. I've got a link to it down in the description, or you could go to, you know, if you have like a URL that points to it or something like that, um, and, and you can go check that out. And then of course, over there, make sure you have a video on the page so that when they land on it, you can, you know, explain to them what's going on there and try to, you know, get them to sign up or whatever. Um, but, you know, just, just go ahead and drop that into the end of your videos. But keep in mind, you need to keep it as brief as you possibly can. So that might be something that you wanna wait until you have like another video on the screen to say, um, or that you have like a little graphic, you know, that mentions it to where something pops up in your video while you're still continuing the content so it's not completely interruptive, but a little graphic comes up that mentions, you know, something about it, you know, mentions the link that you have in the description, those types of things um, for the sake of just spreading awareness about it. Um, but of course, you know, your video descriptions always, like if you have stuff to, you know, promote, 
um, or to bring attention to in your video descriptions, make sure you're letting people know that you have stuff down there too. So that's another one of those things that you can just briefly mention, you know, in your videos. So like, for example, in your case specifically, because you're doing, you know, like travel related things. So what you can do is like, let's say that you're showing people, you know, a particular, you know, part of town, or let's say you're showing people something specific. One of the things that you can say is you can be like, hey, you know, if you're enjoying this, you know, I have exclusive content that I don't even publish on my YouTube channel um, on another site. So to check that out, um, you know, I got a link down here in the description, right? And by doing that, um, it's just that quick moment of just spreading awareness about it. The people that are like really into it or enough into it that they would actually, you know, support you on Patreon. Um, those people will, you know, try to explore and see what that stuff is because they're loving your content enough and getting enough value from you to where, you know, to where it makes sense for them to take that action. Next up on our list here, we've got um, Charted is the channel name. Um, they do gaming content. The goal of the channel is for others' enjoyment and my own. It says, I uploaded a video about a month ago that got around 400 views on it, yet my others get around 20 to 50 views. Is this just completely random? I don't think that it should be my best performing video personally. So this is a great question. And when it comes to us and how we think about our content, it's important to always remember that we are biased to what it is that we create. So when we publish something, the viewers are the ones that actually decide what quality is. The viewers are the ones that actually decide what an effective thumbnail is or an effective title is. The viewers are the one that decide if it's a good video or not based on how long they choose to watch that video. So when it comes to, when it comes to being like, hey, I really don't think that's a good video. You might be right. Like, you know, you could be like, yeah, that video actually kind of sucks. But if people responded well to it, then it's still, you know, it's still a good video. So because of that, just make sure that when you are thinking of those types of things that you always remember that us as content creators, we, re we make videos about topics that, that, you know, that we think people will respond to. We record those videos and record the content for those videos in the way that we think is the best. We edit those videos in a way that suits our tastes. And then we publish those videos and optimize those videos in ways that make sense to us in terms of like, hey, if I make a thumbnail that looks like this, I bet this is gonna help people identify it. If I make a title like this, this would be compelling to me, right? But until we actually hit that publish button, we don't know how effective that, you know, our own processes and our own tastes are compared to how, you know, everybody else is going to respond to it at scale. So because of that, just make sure that you are thinking like, okay, this one has 400 views. My other ones get around 20 to 50. I think that one shouldn't do as well. Um, just make sure you go in and you try to figure out why it did better. So one thing that's awesome about YouTube analytics um, and YouTube analytics, for those of you that are brand new, it's the statistics behind your YouTube channel. So basically they show you how often people are clicking on your videos compared to how many times they show your videos. They show how long people are watching. They'll show you exactly where people dump, dip out of your videos on average. They'll show you how your videos compare to other videos of similar length on the platform. Just tons of great information inside of your YouTube analytics. But the best part about it is that your YouTube analytics are a reflection of how people respond to your content. So what you do in situations like this, where you're like, hey, this one gets like 20 to 50 views where I've got these other ones that are getting 400, is you go in there and you're like, okay, this one got 400, I wonder why. 
you go in, you start looking at all of the performance information for those videos. You see where the traffic's coming from. You you start thinking about the topic. You hop on like Google Trends and start looking around like, hey, is this topic just kind of on the rise right now compared to the other things that I'm doing? Those types of things to where you start digging into the videos that perform well to try to better understand why. So the trends thing, that's not available directly inside of YouTube, I guess. Well, I, I, I can't remember. Is that in the research tab? I think that actually might be in the research tab now that I think about it. But in terms of like an obvious place that a lot of content creators are probably just going to run across it on accident, um, it's not there. <laughs> so uh, so because of that, um, you know, you could head over there just to check if it was like a timing thing or whatever. But, you know, those those metrics that you're going to see, those are just that reflection of how people responded to it. So those will show you a picture of why one video performs better than the other video. Um, let's see here. Next up on the list here, we've got Bearded Iron. Iron says they do fitness content. Goal of the channel is helping dads lose the dad bod. We should talk. I'm not a dad, but I got, but you know, we should, we should definitely, uh, should definitely talk. I like pizza too much, but the question is, Hey Nick, great content as always. Thank you. says my channel was consistently hitting around 3,500 views a day as long on long form content. Things were going exceptionally well, but when views have dropped off a cliff, my latest videos barely hit 200 views and 90% of views are from my subscribers. I have a good click through rate and my average view duration is usually above 50% throughout the whole channel is about weight loss. When looking at Google trends for the term weight loss or how to lose weight, the trend drops off a cliff this time every single year and picks up in January. Is it okay? Viper, man about tech in the house. What's up, dude? Hope you're doing awesome. Nice to see you in the stream today. So says, is it okay to just presume that my views will be seasonal with the trend or should I be pulling my hair out trying to work out what's wrong? Also, the videos I'm posting now, could they potentially pick up and do better once the trend picks back up? Absolutely. So the way that you wanna think about this when you do have content that is seasonal and most, you know, most content, you know, does have its ups and downs. Um, but when it comes to content that's seasonal, just keep in mind that, you know, when you keep plugging away and you're still publishing content, one, you're being consistent. So the people that are still into weight loss, they do get the opportunity to watch your new video. But in addition to that, that is more content that YouTube is going to be able to suggest when people are like, hey, New Year's resolution, I'm serious this time. I'm going to like really do it this time. Like when people, you know, are thinking that at the beginning of the year, um, then, you know, you're going to have just a plethora of content that they're going to be able to consume. So, um, so because of that, I would definitely do that. But the, the next thing that you should do um, is you should also start looking at, um, like if you're doing weight loss you know, content anyway, um, I would definitely use like TubeBuddy um, to start figuring out um, topically the things that are most popular around your type of content. Because you, know, you searched on Google Trends for weight loss, but there could be other things that people are looking for around weight loss that you could help them with. So for example, since you know the interest in that is dropping off right now, people are thinking like, hey, it's the holidays, maybe I'm gonna kind of cut loose, you know, here for the holidays, I'll pick it back up in January. But I do wanna be a little bit mindful about, you know, the stuff that I'm eating and things like that. You could make some content as long as it fits into, you know, everything else that you're doing. You could make some content that is about, you know, food that, you know, that you can eat during the holidays or how to keep track of your calories during the holidays so things don't spiral out of control, um, you know, like those types of things. Um, and make some videos about, you know, how to maintain your weight during the holidays versus ballooning up, you know, those types of things. Um, just making content that's appropriate for this season, so to speak, um, is definitely something to consider there as well. Coach Sherry, welcome to the uh, stream today. Hope you're doing awesome. 86th Street Chef, hope that you're doing great. 
Um, let's see here. So next up on our list, we got Carla Gamer. Yeah, 86 Street, uh, Street Chef Project says the same thing. They say, um, you can also make fitness content about staying in shape during the holidays and making better choices. Absolutely. So uh, next up here, we got Carla Gamer. Carla Gamer. How many gamers do we have? If you're a gamer, just say me. Um, if you're a gamer here, if you're gamers in the house, gamers represent. Um, so if it's a gamer channel, the goal of the channel is to grow a community and make some money too. The question is, hello, Nick, with the new YouTube update that separates shorts from long-term, uh, long-form videos in the user experience, I've tried to upload many shorts a day to attract new subs. However, the more shorts I upload, the less views these get. What do you think this is due to? This is what I was talking about before in terms of instead of trying to flood the platform, focus your, your attention instead of on volume, focus it on quality of the viewer experience. And when you do this, it will require you to publish less, but get better results. Okay. So if you can start kind of reframing how your, your, you know, your approach in terms of like, okay, right now I'm just flooding it with as many shorts as I can possibly put up. If you can start kind of spinning that around into like, okay, so what I'm doing isn't working anymore. So therefore I need to change something. The thing that I recommend that you change is instead of just flooding it, that you start focusing more on the quality of the content itself and creating an awesome experience for the people that are interacting um, with those shorts. Welcome to the Niminati. Williams Lifestyle, welcome to the Niminati. Make sure when you get a chance, um, make sure you go to nimmonvip.com. That is our members only Facebook group. If you can do that before the stream is over today, um, then I can, um, then, I, then I'll let you, uh, I'll let you in there as soon as the stream is complete today. And um, with that said, I think we actually had one more earlier today. Um, my thing isn't working here. Let me refresh this. Oh, now it is. Okay, so um, let's see here. I think we had another one. Might've been Colbert Gaming um, as well. So same thing for you. Uh, make sure you go to nimmonvip.com, put in the, um, you know, fill out all the information on the way in. And if you can do that before the stream is over today, I will, um, I will get you, uh, I'll get you in there. Huh, this is interesting. So I refreshed this. Huh, that might be the issue. Interesting. All right, so um, let's see here. Next up, I was thinking out loud there. My apologies. So next up, uh, we've got the question here is, um, let's see here, update shorts videos, shorts less views these get. Okay, yeah, we got that one already. Okay, so we got a decent amount of gamers in here. Nice, love it. So our next question here is from um, Macrisa's Art. I apologize if I'm, saying, um, if I'm saying the name incorrectly there. They upload every other day. The type of channel is tutorials and speed paint shorts. It's a digital painting channel. The goal of the channel is to share my knowledge and build up my own brand. And the question is, the tutorial topic that I post in shorts has gained lots of views and subscribers, but now views have declined. Should I change the new topic or continue the tutorials topic? So just as a heads up, when you have something that's working, just keep in mind that you know it may or may not always work. So because of that, um, it could just be that the way that you're, you know, framing things, the way that you're packaging things up from the outside might just not be compelling at this moment in time. And that could be the thing that you work on, not necessarily changing the way that you're doing your content. Um, it could also be that, you know, when people do respond to the videos in terms of they click on them, they come in and watch the video that YouTube is detecting it as not, you know, like the best experience for them. And therefore, you know, it's not pushing your content out to more people that are, um, or pulling your content to more people that are, you know, like the people that, you know, are enjoying your content. So because of that, you want to make sure that you are looking at the metrics on your videos and trying to understand why, you know, 
why they're not getting you know as many views now. So you can do this by using the compare tool inside of your YouTube analytics. And if you do that, um, it's gonna start giving you a lot of insight in terms of you know why some videos perform better and why some don't. So the, the thing that I wanna recommend to you is first go in, get really familiar with your YouTube analytics if you're not already, start comparing your videos about uh, against each other so you can get that better understanding. Um, and also, start making sure that you are, you know, um, looking at the performance of the ones that are not doing well. Um, but also consider if you're like, Hey, these are actually, you know, like, you know, everything, you know, everything is kind of similar with these, but people, you know, just aren't, you know, digging these as much anymore. Then in that case, you know, that might be an opportunity to, to try a new format or introduce something new to your YouTube channel. That's still in alignment with the people that are, you know, already enjoying your content. Welcome, Sore Speed, to the uh, stream today. Fly Girl, what's up? Hope you're doing great. Retro the Emperor, hope you're doing awesome. Anytime I see your channel name, Retro the Emperor, I think of Roberto Blake. Because he's, you know, he's the Sith Lord of YouTube. So uh, anytime I see your channel name, Retro the Emperor, like by default, my brain's like, oh, Roberto. <laughs> so um, next up, we've got, um, oh, by the way, um, just for, just in case the, you guys don't know, Roberto actually has a, um, has a book that he published, um, this, I think about a month and a half ago now, um, but it's called create something awesome. So just in case you guys don't know, um, about Roberto's book and you know, you're a fan of Roberto's, um, or if you're not a fan and you want to just want to learn more about like monetizing your channel and growing your channel, um, definitely make sure that you check this out. But um, I'm Fact Up is the um, is the next channel here. They do facts, shorts, and long form content. The goal of the channel is to make good content. And the question is, um, hello. Question is, AI voice based content ID eligible for monetization? Will I get in trouble in that phase? So when it comes to um, AI voice content, um, people are publishing you know videos like that. There's tons of information out there about like cash cow channels and things like that, where they're actually teaching people how to do this kind of stuff. Keep in mind, you can put together high quality versions of that kind of stuff. Um, but a lot of people that are doing it are putting together very low quality where it's obviously, you know, just a play to, you know, try to tap into the whole cash cow thing. So if it's like high quality and it is actual value content and things like that, you'll be fine. Um, however, if it's not, then, you know, then, then you are going to, you know, you are going to have uh, some issues with that if it's not. Oh, nice. Roberto's in here. What's up, dude? Hope you're doing awesome. He says, if you say my name three times, I appear. Awesome. Yeah, nice to, nice to see you in here, dude. Hope that you are doing fantastic today. So next up, we've got uh, Jared Gaming. Jared Gaming says, uh, he's like Beetlejuice. Like, well, I don't even know what just happened there. That was great. <laughs> he's just like, poof, what's going on? So uh, uh, this one, uh, they are also a gaming channel. The goal of the channel is to get their first 1,000 subscribers. And the question is, what should I do to get to 1,000 subscribers fast? Focus all of your efforts on your skill sets and in connecting with the people that are interacting with your content. Focus on those two things. And by skill sets, I mean learning how to make great thumbnails that are effective, not just pretty, but effective. Make great titles that are effective, not just you know explaining what the video is, but but compelling as well. Also make sure that the video content as well is also good content. You can see the details of all of this inside of your YouTube analytics. Speak to existence says, hey, Roberto Blake, I'm a huge fan. Yeah, make sure you get, make sure you get his book if you haven't, uh, if you haven't already. Um, but yeah, you got, some, you got some love here in the chat, uh, Roberto. So, uh, so, here, so next up on the list here, We've got Aperture Movement. Aperture Movement 
says that they have an entertainment, traveling, and educational channel. The goal of the channel is to entertain people while at the same time giving advice. And the question is, in the beginning, this channel was a variety channel. I decided to rebrand my channel and its content and concentrate in three specific niches, traveling, entertainment, and education. Um, do, does creating playlists for each of these niches a good idea? So what I would start thinking about is instead of creating playlists for different niches of content that you're publishing on your channel, I would actually start thinking about who it is that you're trying to reach with your channel. Because I'm not sure exactly what it is that you're, that you're doing with your channel in terms of the specifics of entertainment, travel, and education. But if you are publishing videos that are entertainment, like let's say that you're doing like comedy videos or pranks or you know challenges like that type of entertainment, and then you're tossing traveling in the mix, and then you're tossing educational stuff in there. Like let's say from, you know, you're going from travel to educational in terms of like you're teaching people like why Mars is red and you know, things like that. Then what you're doing is you're actually creating content for very different types of viewers and that can work against you. So what you wanna make sure that you're thinking about is when I'm publishing videos to my YouTube channel, I need to make sure that I'm trying to create a resource of content in terms of anybody interested in these things that I'm talking about, they can come to my channel and they can find a huge resource of videos that they can watch and enjoy. Um, so start thinking more about the viewers that you're trying to reach instead of trying to operate three completely different niches from the same YouTube channel. Um, that's what I recommend and I'm going to explain why. So. When you're publishing videos to YouTube, Flash in your pan, what's up, man? Hope you're doing awesome. Fly little birds, welcome to the stream. So when you are publishing videos to YouTube, um, let's say that you have one of your entertainment videos just goes to the moon, right? Let's say that you publish that video and it just starts rocking right out of the gate. And that one video drives 50,000 subscribers to your YouTube channel, tons of views. Let's say, you know, you get like 2 million views on that video, something like that. Then. In that particular case, what's going to happen is YouTube is going to start suggesting some of your other content that they think that those highly engaged viewers are also going to enjoy. And when that happens, some of the travel content's gonna be over there, some of the educational content's gonna be suggested because they're going to detect that they're enjoying your content. So when that happens, those people aren't gonna click on the traveling content or the educational content, or they're most likely not gonna click on it, or at least not as a high rate as if everything on your channel was entertainment or everything on your channel was travel or everything on your channel was educational, or it was all based around a same audience, but broken down into that type of content. So if it was all for the same audience and you have educational content for travelers, and then you have travel content in terms of sharing your experience as a traveler, plus giving some tips along the way and things like that. And then on the entertainment side, it's just like fun things you do while you're traveling and, you know, like little, you know, maybe pranks or fun stuff that you do while you're traveling or challenges you do when you're traveling, that kind of thing. Then in that case, you're still going for, you know, an audience that, you know, is mostly similar, or at least they're all interested in travel at the very least. But when you start deviating from that, then if you do have something blow up in one of those three and you don't just double down and kind of going in that direction, then what can happen is you'll have these spikes and then you'll just drop again. And then you'll have a spike and then you'll drop and then a spike and you'll drop because you're not serving a particular audience on your channel. 
So it makes it much more difficult to grow, you know, all of that stuff. So again, if, if, if your content is broken down into entertainment, traveling and educational, but it's still for that same core audience that are interested in similar, you know, a similar topic, then in that case, you're doing okay. But if it's wildly different content, then in that case, I would definitely just kind of take all of that and just kind of let that marinate for a little bit and just start thinking of, you know, the, the approach that you want to take. Um, but when it comes to the creating a playlist for each of those, if it is going for the same audience, then absolutely. You want to, you know, start breaking some of that stuff down and not just into those three categories. Within those categories, you also can probably break it down in a lot more ways. So I've mentioned this in a recent um, news update. So for those of you that are not familiar, I started a new series on my channel where I basically update everybody every Friday with news that's happening that impacts content creators. So a lot of that right now is YouTube updates because they're just like slamming us with updates right now and it's awesome with all the new stuff that they're adding. So some of it's that, some of it, you know, is things that I'll find on other blogs or websites or, you know, something like that. That is, you know, something that is, you know, that will impact you in some way. So with that, um, you know, the, the thing that I'm trying to, to say right here, cause I'm kind of running out of juice on, on my thought. I lost it. Okay. The playlist. So in one of my recent, actually my last two episodes of the news, um, one of the things that I made sure to highlight is that YouTube is putting more emphasis on playlists right now. And they're actually updating some features around playlists right now. So what that means is as all of these new updates are rolling out, playlists are not going away, they're actually being doubled down on. So because of that, one of the things that they are starting to do on some channels is you can actually see the playlist, the title of that playlist underneath your video. Um, in addition to that, when it comes to creating a playlist, you can now, depending on if your you know, YouTube has been updated with this or not, because I know some you know, have this feature already, others do not, um, but you know, you'll get it soon. But the, um, the other thing that they're doing is they're making it to where if you hit the create button on your YouTube channel, that in the dropdown where you have the option to like go live or publish a video or whatever, now new playlist is an option. So what they're doing is they're trying to push content creators into, you know, playlists or making it easier for content creators to make playlists. They even put playlists in the content tab inside of your YouTube analytics, which also is a little bit of a like, okay, now, you know, we can see that they're looking at playlists as content. So because of that, it's really important that everybody here make sure that you are thinking about playlists into the future. And in situations like this that we have here um, with Aperture Movement, um, when they are like, hey, should I break this down into three different playlists? You should actually be making playlists on a regular basis that makes sense for the content that you're putting out and the audience that you're interacting with. So what that means is, in this case, they had mentioned that they have like traveling, entertainment, and educational content. So that would be three playlists, but within travel, you might have like travel tips could be a playlist. You could have like locations as a playlist. If you, if you are traveling around a lot and you spend like a little bit of time in Greece, I see you, girl with a passport, spending some time in Greece. Let's say you're spending some time in like, you know, uh, Japan, you spend some time in like Thailand, whatever, then, you know, putting some of those into their own playlist, those types of things um, is ways that you can break that down, you know, even further with your content. But definitely make sure that you're not sleeping on playlists into the future because playlists are a huge opportunity for you to maximize the views that are happening on your YouTube channel and just the overall activity. But most importantly, 
it also makes it where people can go. And as long as they're having a good experience with your content and they enjoy the content that you're putting out and as long as they have the time to watch, then people will click into your playlists and they'll watch this video and then they'll watch this video and then they'll watch this video and then they'll watch this video. So then what you do is you take that one view because you weren't using playlists, so you just got that one view and you turn that into multiple views across a bunch of users that are interacting with your YouTube channel, which amplifies everything that's happening on your YouTube channel. So into the future, just make sure that you're, that you're keeping that in mind. Next up on our list here, we've got Pet Connection International. And before we go into the um, Pet Connection International here, I just wanna remind everybody in case this is your first time in the stream, uh, my brother D and I, we created a free music resource for content creators. It's called creatormix.com. It's 100% free um, for YouTube content creators. So if you're looking for music to use in your videos um, without having to worry about like copyright issues and stuff, um, definitely check out creatormix.com. You can also stream us from Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, you know, all the major streaming platforms. Um, you can find us over there as well. Um, we've got tons of lo-fi content. We've got synthwave content. We've got some like stomp uh, metal, I think it's called, where, you know, it's just more like, you know, heavier, you know, type of stuff. We got all kinds of, you know, different music and a lot more on the way. So um, so definitely make sure that you check out uh, Creator Mix if you haven't, you know, already, uh, you know, if you haven't already used it. So next up, we've got Pet Connection International. Pet Connection International says that they do pet care advice. The goal of the channel is to improve the lives of pets around the world by sharing evidence-based pet care information. You hear that, Popcorn? You hear that? They're hooking you up, buddy. Says the question is, I'm making gerbil Christmas cards for my store. That's awesome, by the way. And I'm wanting to make a video about the process and show behind the scenes, including the video photo shoots. But as I screenshot the videos to get the photos, Gerbils are speedy. I'm worried that by posting the video, there may be some people who would take the images from my sets and use it to either sell their own products or make gerbil merch scams. There are loads of those scams in the online group. Should I add a watermark to the important footage or would this impact the viewer experience too much? So when it comes to um, um, adding watermarks to your videos, as long as it's subtle, like down in a corner somewhere, it's fine. However, keep in mind, like, you know, now with like all the different tech like you can you can sample a lot of that stuff out or you can just cover it up with other watermarks so if somebody wants to steal it they're going to steal it you can also zoom past you know those watermarks even if you're tricky and you're putting them in different corners and stuff like that like um you know people can zoom in you know past those to focus on the the actual you know content itself so when it comes to watermarks like you can use them and that's just that one little layer of protection but it's just, it's so easy to get around those types of things that you just have to kind of balance out like is it worth the effort to do it um but when it comes to other people taking them, that's definitely a possibility if you're putting out something unique like that. Um, so what you just have to make sure that you're doing is kind of paying attention. And if you see your stuff pop up, then in that case, you know, make sure you submit a DMCA takedown notice um, to whatever store it is, if it's Amazon, um, whether, you know, using your stuff, if it's, you know, anywhere else um, where they might upload your imagery, then, you know, just be ready for that and just start searching around, you know, as you get closer into the holidays and, uh, you know, people would be using it, you know, in more ways is like that just make sure you are looking for like gerbil merch and you know gerbil you know posters gerbil whatever and just trying to you know just keep an eye out hit like google images and just see like you know if you see your stuff popping up there and just try the best that you can to uh to police it 
Um, let's see here. Next up on the list, we've got um, Droning Western Australia. It says they have a droning channel, and the goal of the channel is to share the views around Western Australia. And the question is, I've had two videos viewed approximately 4,000 times in total, but have only increased subscriber count by about 30. How can I increase subs in proportion to views? Um, asking is a big way to do that. Um, people will typically subscribe just based on the value that they get from your videos, but when you remind them and you do it quickly in a subtle way and you also wrap it around you know what it is that they are gonna get out of it, not you, um, that can you know increase the rate that people are subscribing to your YouTube channel. So the idea um, when it comes to asking people to subscribe is you don't wanna just say like, oh, hey, if you're new here, subscribe. You wanna tell them why because you have to make sure that when you are publishing videos to your YouTube channel, especially videos that will be likely to get in front of a bunch of new viewers and not just your subscribers, you wanna make sure that you're thinking that, okay, if somebody's coming into this video, it's very likely that they've never seen my stuff before. So therefore, I'm gonna just drop in a little nudge from time to time to help people remember that they do have that option to subscribe to the YouTube channel. And the way that you wanna do it is you want to either one, say subscribe for fill in the blank there um or you want to put the thing in front of you know put the value they're going to get and then ask them to subscribe so what this would look like is the the first version is what first off just so you know when you say subscribe a lot of people just tune out right when you say that because they know you're a youtuber they they experience it with every video but you can say, you know, hey, subscribe. Let's see, what are you doing again? You're doing drones. So you can be like, hey, um, you know, subscribe if you love drone content because I put out content like this all the time. Um, or you could say, um, you know, hey, if you want to see, let's see here, you're sharing views around Western Australia. So you could say, hey, if you want to see all of Australia from the sky, you know, through this drone content, um, I put out videos like this every Tuesday, make sure you subscribe. Or hey, if you want to see um, Australia from the sky, or you want to see more of Australia from the sky, um, remember to subscribe or make sure to subscribe. And by doing that, what you're doing is you're front loading the value that they get out of your content. And then you put the close on them by the call to action to subscribe. And that's C-L-O-S-E, not C-L-O-T-H-S-E-S. -E um, how we got here, Genealogy says, on second channel, I've been uploading a video since about midnight last night. It's stuck in uploading. Vid is over an hour. Should I just restart the upload? If it's been uploading that long, first, I would just do a speed test on your internet and make sure your internet's okay. Um, and then from there, yeah, I would upload. So, so a couple of things. One, double check and make sure that you rendered it out in the right format um, that you you know normally do to where they go up faster. Because if the file size is huge, then you know that can clog things up. But then from there, um, um, if you're like, hey, everything is like it normally is, but it's just a longer you know piece of content, um, then in that case, if it was me, I would try to upload it again, because if you're uploading it and it's unlisted anyway, um, then I would either leave that one going and then I would open up like another browser window or something and try to upload another version there and just see if it starts right out of the gate uploading faster. If it does, then I would cancel the other one. But if you like are getting the same exact thing over there, then I would just let the other one, you know, I would let the other one, uh, you know, just kind of, you know, keep going from there. Brian, what's up, dude? Hope that you are doing fantastic. Nice to, uh, nice to see you in here. Hope that you are doing well, my friend. Next up, we've got Retro the Emperor. See, I'm gonna start talking about Roberto again. Roberto Blake, Roberto Blake, 
<laughs> so uh they uh let's see here they the type of channels them rapping singing and some beats they made oh nice super cool um the goal of the channel says i want to make a living out of my music and the question is i've noticed my videos are only getting suggested to my regular audience i rarely get new viewers even though my impressions are higher than ever so something that you have to make sure that you're thinking about is if your impressions are higher than ever then that means youtube is showing your videos to people okay so what you have to do is you have to start working on your thumbnails and titles in terms of like, how are you gonna get people to click on what it is that you're doing? So what you wanna do is for all the videos that you're publishing, start looking around for the, um, you know, for other content like yours and see how people are getting responses to it. Um, and then start trying to use that as kind of like a guide, like, hey, everybody seems to be doing this. Let me try that and just see if people respond better to that. Um, if they don't, then try to, you know, come up with your own unique stuff from there. But the idea is if, uh, you know, if, if your regular viewers are responding to it, then that means people are enjoying what you're doing, which is a win. But if you are having trouble getting new people involved, then that means that YouTube is showing it because you said your impressions are higher. So YouTube is trying to, well, it's not trying, it's just, it's showing your videos to people, but you're just not able to get them to actually click on it so that they'll come in and, and view the content. So, um, so I would definitely work on that. Um, another thing just to keep in mind, I would also, if you have a music channel, D and I were actually talking about this the other day. Um, if you have a music channel, um, if you're not already, I would also consider YouTube Shorts um, for your music channel. Um, I would also, when you make a YouTube Shorts, I would make it natively, and I wouldn't upload it to YouTube and then download it. I would just make the short, and then I would upload it to YouTube. I would upload it to Instagram Reels. I would upload it to Facebook Reels, and I would upload it to TikTok. Um, and the reason for that is because music content and all of those places, including YouTube Shorts, um, it's it's just kind of easier to get exposure there than it is compared to like long form videos, especially if you're having the very specific problem that you're having right now. So keep working on that problem that you have, which is YouTube is showing your videos to people, but you're having trouble converting them. Keep working on that. But in the meantime, to also, you know, grow your audience, I would definitely be considering the short form content just because it shows up. Um, you know, just shows up in front of people, which removes that element of the skill set from you, you know, needing to get people to click on it. And the reason that I'm telling you this is because one, you said that you have people that are coming back in, like you've got the regular audience that are like, hey, I'm, I'm back. So if you have people coming back into your videos, that means that you're making good videos and you're making good music and you're doing like the thing that's bringing people back. So if you're, if you start trying to use some of the vertical, um, you know, platforms and or YouTube shorts, then you're removing that hurdle that you're currently having and you're just putting your good music in people's face. Um, so because of that, I would definitely consider that as a part of what it is that you're doing. If that works into your long-term plan, if that works into, you know, what it is that you're actually, you know, trying to do. Super chat. Aperture Movement says, thank you for the super chat, says, um, thank you so much. Now I know what I'm going to do with my channel. Boom. Love it. Absolutely love it. Bumbleclat News, what's going on? Hope that you are doing great. Um, it can be the, so just as a heads up, Retro um, Emperor. So it's not just the thumbnail. So when it comes to people clicking on your videos, it's the topic of the video, right? So like, are you, um, like, is this whole thing framed around a beat you made? Is this whole thing framed around a song you made? Is this whole thing, you know, framed around, you know, the bars that you're, that you're putting out? Like, what is it framed around in terms of the topic? And then you have your thumbnail, which is the thing that's gonna, you know, grab attention. And then you have the title, which is the compelling side. So um, I'm not sure if you're doing like type, 
you know, um, beats and like stuff like that. Um, but I would definitely just kind of look around the space and see what's currently working. Um, not stuff that they were doing a year ago, but stuff that's working now um, and see if you can, you know, start applying some of that to what it is that you're current, currently doing to help people more easily recognize that your content is um, is like other content that they are already enjoying or like other music that they're already enjoying. Um, so next up, we've got Jaden0428 says that they have a supporting channel. The goal of the channel is YouTube. And the question is, can you turn on gifted memberships? Um, so right now, um, I don't know if I actually have those on or not actually on my um, YouTube channel. So I'll definitely look into that. Um, but as of right now, if they're not on, um, then either I don't have the feature enabled um, or I just don't have them turned on. So I will definitely look into that. Thank you. So iFun Chris is our next question here. It says that the goal of the channel is 1,000 subscribers, 4,000 hours of watch time. And the Steven, what's up, man? Hope you're doing awesome. Um, the question is, I upload shorts. It works in the shorts feed, but I use hashtag shorts not showing up on the hashtag page. So that's okay. So when it comes to the hashtag pages, keep in mind that those are also being displayed based on, you know, new content that's going out, but also content that is performing for those particular results. So like the whole idea with all the different pages on YouTube that we all have to, you know, the idea that we have to embrace is that, you know, YouTube's job as the platform is to show content to people that they're likely to enjoy. So because of that, the content that gets suggested and the pages that it gets suggested on, like it's all based on the content that is proven for people to enjoy. So for example, if you have a video in YouTube search, if people are not responding well to that video, it's not gonna, it's not gonna show up in YouTube search or at least the top of YouTube search for long. If you have videos that aren't performing well on home pages, they're not gonna show up there for long. Um, at least not, you know, a lot. Um, if they are not performing well in suggested videos, they're not gonna show up long there either um, in terms of the impressions that you're getting. So everything will slow down for you. They, they'll still, you know, show them from time to time and all that, but everything will slow down dramatically um, if people aren't responding well to what it is that you're doing. So we always have to keep that in mind. So next up on our list here, we've got Slot Sista. Hope you're doing awesome. Says they do gaming content and they say, or so I believe. And the goal of the channel is to gain followers and, and engagement to bring positivity to households. That's awesome. And the question is for a casino gaming channel, what's the best category for the channel? Gaming, gambling, vlogging, entertainment, which leads to the question of best keywords for the channel based on suggested category. So when it comes to the category, get it as close as you know as you can. YouTube has their own way of categorizing content on their side. Um, so they have categories that like we don't even see. So when it comes to um, categorizing your content, get it as close as you can because once people start responding to it, YouTube's going to kind of take over from there. So just get it as close as you possibly can. But you could put it under gaming or gambling. You know either one. Um, no, just, yeah, you could put it under gaming technically because it is gaming, right? So you could you could put it under that. Um, in terms of the keywords for the channel itself, in terms of channel keywords, I would definitely do like you know casinos. I would do you know casino gaming, slot machines, that type of um, that type of thing. So if you're a TubeBuddy user, um, which everybody here you know should be, but if you're a TubeBuddy user, then in that case, um, you know you can use. TubeBuddy to actually figure out the 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 words that people are using to find your content the most. And then those are the ones that you want to make sure that you put into your channel keywords. Ryan Nettleship says, uh, thank you for the super chat, says, I advertise my channel to my friends um, 
initially, and now my fitness videos are getting suggested on random videos. Have I confused the algorithm? Do I start a new channel or will it work out soon? So those, like when you advertise your content, um, just as a heads up, like if you advertise to like the wrong audiences, um, you know, all it takes is one really good video to kind of get you out of that hole, so to speak. But the problem happens when you start, like if you advertise to the wrong people and they start interacting with your content in some way, then that means that if they are enjoying it, then YouTube might show your content to them, you know, again in the future. And if it's not the right people, then in that case, they might not click on what it is that you're doing, which can hurt your click through rate and things like that. But you can, you know, you can come out of the other side of that. So that's not a big deal. Um, when it comes to confusing the algorithm and your videos being suggested on random videos, one thing to remember is that suggested videos are also um, per the user. So for example, um, for everybody that's on a computer right now, all of the, like if you are looking at your screen, the videos that are being suggested to you next to this live stream right now may or may not be similar to the videos that are being suggested next to Speak English with this guy or the videos that are being suggested next to Ryan uh, Nettleship here. So when it comes to those suggestions, of course, you know, videos that um, that people like always respond to there, those will end up in like the next up and, you know, things like that. But underneath that, those are being catered to the viewer. So what can happen is like, let's say that I just subscribed to your YouTube channel, Ryan. Um, if I subscribe to your YouTube channel and I watch your videos and I'm loving your videos, I'm like, man, these are great. Then when you publish your next video, if I'm watching a video on Shark Scrapper's channel about scrapping, then your video might show up in the suggested videos there for me because YouTube has detected that I'm loving your content. And then it will put your video over there because it's just a fresh video or whatever. And the system is like, hey, Ryan just published a new video just wanna let you know, right? And it's showing me that next to his video, even though topically and niche-wise and everything else, they, you know, you have wildly different, you know, types of content, it would still be suggesting that next to, next to his video for me because I'm loving his content and I'm loving your content, right? So because of that, when it comes to getting, you know, like random suggestions from um, other channels, um, that's a, a very normal thing. So like, for example, you know, when you start getting a lot of views in your videos, um, if you're not already, you'll see weird things also. You'll be like, wow, I'm getting like views from like, you know, suggested videos from like Casey Neistat's videos, holy crap. But like what that really means is just some of your videos, some of your viewers are watching, um, you know, his videos, or you might have, you know, a little bit of time based on the topics of your videos or whatever, to where your video might be, you know, getting connected to his. But depending on, like if you're not making similar content, then in that particular case, it's more likely that, um, um, uh, that it's just one of your viewers is, or some of your viewers are also interacting with that content. So what you actually wanna look for on your channel, the thing that's, that's more important is not necessarily the videos that you're getting suggested next to. Like you do wanna pay attention to that, of course, but the thing that you really wanna look for is the other channels that your viewers are watching. Um, because then that's where you should start seeing more things that are focused around your niche compared to it just being random stuff. So if you go into your um, stats, you'll be able to see that metric as well, which will kind of help you ensure that, you know, your content is being, you know, shown kind of in the right places, um, or at least to the right type of viewers that are watching other content in your niche. Speaking English with this guy says, I'm hammering that heart emoji. Yeah, if you're watching this on a mobile device, by the way, um, we do have those live interactions enabled. So definitely make sure that you are smashing that heart emoji, you know, get that, get that, get that button pressed in there. The heart emoji, any emoji you can press in there. Go ahead, go ahead and uh, go ahead and smash it. <laughs> 
if you're enjoying the stream. If you're not enjoying it, then in that case, you know, kind of hold back. But if you're enjoying the stream so far, make sure you uh, make sure you hit that, hit the like button, hit all the stuff. You're YouTubers, you know all the stuff. <laughs> so um, the next channel that we have here, really quick, I gotta take a sip of water. If you're enjoying the show, remember to give it a thumbs up and share it with a friend right now. So next up, we have Life Chats with Diane. Life Chats with Diane says they do life and mental health content. Um, the goal of the channel is to help get um, mental health more mainstream. And the question is, what do you think about podcasts over just regular video content? Would it make sense to convert to podcasts not getting views on regular content? So when it comes to getting people to interact with your content, um, if it's a podcast, that doesn't necessarily mean people are gonna start interacting with it, right? So if you can't get people to click on video content on YouTube, then it's it might be a challenge to get people to click on audio content where you just put like an image up or, you know, just kind of like an audiogram or whatever. Um, it might be, you know, more challenging for that to happen. I mean, definitely experiment, you know, with it if you wanna go in that direction. But keep in mind, when it comes to your videos not getting views, it might not necessarily be that you need to switch the content that you're doing versus you need to learn how to get people to respond to what it is that you're doing in a better way, which means that you might need to spend more time working on the skill sets of making thumbnails, making titles, like learning, you know, like watching videos and reading uh, websites about like copywriting, for example, that would give you tons of insights into, you know, how to write better titles, watching videos and reading articles literally about how to write better titles um, can also help you. Um, in addition to that, watching videos um, and, and reading, you know, websites um, about design and about, you know, um, the concepts of photography, like, for example, the rule of thirds, you know, just little details like that um, can really get you a, a really long way. Um, but you need to develop those skill sets if you want to get a good response from your videos. Same exact thing goes with putting the content together. So when it comes to putting the content together, you have to be able to create a good experience for your viewers in order for YouTube to continue recommending your content. Because if, if let's say that you have two people, right? You have two different channels. On those channels, you have channel A, that publishes a video and they've worked on the skills of you know making good thumbnails making good titles they've learned through trial and error of just publishing video after video after video and paying attention to it looking in their analytics seeing the things people responded to and didn't they're going through the process of, of developing their skill sets and over time this channel is going to start thriving because they're focusing on the process and they're focusing on learning how to create something that people respond to and then you have channel b that just publishes uh, publishes videos. Um, those videos don't get traction right away. And because of that, instead of working on the core thing, which is creating that satisfactory experience for the viewers from the moment they see it on a homepage or a search result or a suggested video or whatever, from the moment they see it there, from them clicking on it all the way through watching your video all the way to the end and possibly even clicking on another video in your end screen and watching more, like. The, if you don't focus on that process and, and instead you're like hopping from like, hey, I'm just gonna start making videos about something else or I'm gonna start changing my format or something like that, but you haven't worked on those core skills, then this channel right here is just gonna be in a perpetual state of like just change and like just always just changing the content type and all of that, but they're not working on the thing that actually matters, which is the skill sets that will help them better 
get people to respond to what it is that they're doing, right? Where this channel that's focusing on the skill sets, they're going to end up thriving because they're learning how to do all the things that get people to respond, which is going to help them create a better experience for the viewers of YouTube, which will handsomely reward them for doing so, which YouTube will handsomely reward them for doing so. But this one here, that's always in a state of change. It's always confusing the system in terms of like, what is this even, you know, like about, you know, like what's even going on here? You know, who should we even be showing this to? Like, you know, this channel over here is gonna have a much more difficult time because they're focusing on the wrong things compared to this channel over here. So what I recommend to you specifically is of course, at any moment, you know, anybody can pivot their YouTube channel. Anybody can test new formats and things like that. And you might be like, you know what? This right here, um, you know, I'm just not feeling this type of content anymore, so therefore I'm gonna go over to podcast. That's a totally different thing than this isn't working, I'm not getting views, so I'm gonna switch, right? Like you, you gotta make sure that you're working on the skill sets because just changing the type of content isn't going to all of a sudden make you be able to connect with people through like a thumbnail and title better or through the video content better, right? So because of that, I would actually just start focusing on the skill sets. Um, next up, so Ryan says, do you do any channel reviews? So I do, um, but we actually do those on a different stream. And the way that we do channel reviews now here currently is on that particular stream, it's all about monetization. Um, however, after this live stream, my brother um, D, who's in the chat, or he was, um, and Daniel Batal, they're actually doing a channel review live stream on the StreamYard channel. So once this stream is complete, this stream is actually going to direct right over, redirect right over to their stream where they're doing channel reviews. And the way they do it's really cool. So they have this like giveaway spinner and then it just randomly picks people and then they focus on a very specific thing on your channel and then they move on based on, you know, the like, you know, how well you have that thing set up. So, um, so they are going to be doing that. But on my channel, I do the monetization reviews. Um, however, on this live stream, I'm still working out the, um, the, the structure of exactly how I'm going to do it, but I am going to start doing reviews during this stream as well. Not this stream, but during Nim and live. Um, but we're just going to do like maybe a, a channel an hour or something like that. Like, Hey, we're going to do a channel an hour. We're going to spend maybe like three minutes max on the channel. And then we're going to move on. So it's just going to be like, Hey, how many, how much advice can I give in three minutes type of thing? Um, and we're going to focus on that. Um, but structurally, like I'm gonna be doing Q and A, gonna be looking at you know a, like a handful of channels over the stream, like that sort of thing. So that opportunity will be here. Um, it's just not here um, at the moment. So Michelle Maloney says, um, how does the live stream work towards watch time? As long as you leave it public on your YouTube channel, which means like as long as you don't unlist it or you don't private your live stream, um, then anybody that participates in that live stream while it's live and on the replay, um, anybody that comes in and watches it on the replay, then you do get watch time credit for live streams. Retro RPM says that they have been on YouTube for less than a month. Welcome to YouTube. Welcome to the creator side. Welcome to creator life, right? It's a whole lifestyle. So um, the question, um, or the type of channels, automotive history, Formula One specifically, the goal of the channel says, tell the interesting historical stories of Formula One. The question is. If you're enjoying the show, remember to give it a thumbs up and share it with a friend right now. The question is, I'm working on creating videos on the stories of Formula One, such as the career of Michael Shoemaker, while I'd 
think using photos slash videos with fond or fair use fair dealing. Do you have any suggestions in that regard? Um, says don't go full frame with video, etc. I see similar channels doing it, but I have no clue if they're living on rented ground. So here's the thing when it comes to this sort of thing. Absolutely, there is, you know, fair use that you're talking about. Um, you do have that. So what I recommend that you do is you actually consult an attorney that would be able to say, yes, I would be able to defend this um, as fair use. Because fair use itself is actually a, um, it's more of like a defense. It's not, you know, an actual like law itself. So because of that, um, I would definitely make sure that you do contact an attorney, but I will give you some information. So, if you are going to be using like Google Images, then in that case, um, you can sort inside of Google Images by um, Creative Commons. Um, you can also go to Wikipedia. Um, if you go to Wikipedia, since you are talking about famous people, if you go to Wikipedia, um, for each for every image that they have on Wikipedia, they also have license information. So with that license information, um, they'll tell you like, yeah, you need a link back or you need to credit this person or whatever it is. So then you can use that image, but then you just have to make sure that you're following the rules that they have there. So I have another YouTube channel that I started um, a long time ago. Um, I did that channel for about like nine months or so. It's got, I think like 16,000 subscribers at the moment. But on that channel, I was in a similar boat to where like if I was talking about a person, then I'd be like, okay, um, I need an image of this person. So I'd just hop on Wikipedia and, um, and then I would check the license information to see what I needed to do. And then I would do that thing so that I could use the image. So in your particular case, I recommend that you do try that. Um, so then that way you're at least, you know, giving the proper credit where, you know, where you can, and then that, you know, will create that, you know, layer of, you know, protection of sorts for you. But I would still, um, reach out to an attorney just to get confirmation from them that everything else that you're doing, um, is still being done in a way that they would be able to defend it as fair use. So Rocker Girl says, hey, Nick, um, thank you for your great tips. Um, welcome to the stream. Says, um, what are some ideas that you have specifically for musicians who do song covers? Um, I would definitely be leveraging short form content um, just because, you know, again, it just shows up in front of people. And with it just showing up in front of people, like one of the wins there is as long as you start the song out cool or you start it out in an interesting way, anybody who's interested in that song or just music in general is gonna sit there and they're going to, you know, consume some of it at least. And then based on your skill sets from there, which it looks like, you know, you have a play button. So I'm gonna guess that your skill sets are there. So because of that, um, you know, just start it out, you know, start out some of the short form content um, in a way that's definitely interesting. Will you know, just show your skills and your talents right out of the gate for the people that will enjoy that song and for the people that just enjoy music in general. So I would definitely be leveraging short form content right now on YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, um, Reels, just the vertical stuff. Um, I would definitely do that because with music, it's different, right? Like when you make a thumbnail and a title for music, it's really hard to express, you know, the the emotion you might get from that song through music. Like I'm preaching to the choir here, literally, cause you're, you know, cause you're musician anyway, but cause you, you know, cause you're singing or whatever. But the idea um, is, you know, when it comes to the image and text, like you can't get emotion from that. But when it just slides up in your feed, that's where it, you can get that emotion, right? You can pull people into the music. You already know, you know, the importance of that or not just the importance, but like how to do that because that's your whole thing. So because of that, I would definitely be leveraging some of that. And then by doing that, 
by um, YouTube, basically what they have put into place now, just in case you're not familiar with this, in case you haven't watched any of my news um, lately, like um, one thing that they've done recently with YouTube Shorts is they started building the bridge between short form and long form content. So what that means is if somebody is interacting with all of the shorts that you put out, if you're not doing this already, um, then if they're enjoying that content, then YouTube is likely to recommend your long form content to them as well. So what I would start doing is I would start making sure that, okay, the people that are enjoying these shorts, is there anything that I can do to where I can kind of stand out in a way in terms of me so that if they see me in a thumbnail later, they're going to recognize that it's me and then they might be more likely to click on my videos when they show up on their homepage for doing like another cover that they may or may not be interested in based on them recognizing me. So I would definitely consider, you know, that as well, but I would definitely be trying to leverage the, um, the short form content right now. Um, let's see here if you're not already, cause you might be doing that already. My brother, I, I saw his message right here. He says that he just subscribed your channel right now. He said, you have an awesome channel. Um, let's see here. So next up on the list is um, Nodding Hook Crochet. Nodding Hook Crochet says they do crochet content. Oh, hey, one more thing. And I'm, I'm assuming you're already doing this as well, um, Rocker Girl. Um, but also, you know, since you are doing covers, I would definitely hop on Google Trends for like any cover that you decide to do. As long, like if you're doing it from a strategic standpoint, plus the like, I love, you know, I would love to make this song standpoint and not just the, I would love to make this song standpoint. Um, then in that case, I would also make sure that you are doing, um, uh, that you're hopping on Google trends and you're also looking to see if songs are on the rise or if they're on the decline so that you can make sure that you're catching everything on the way up versus catching it on the way down as well. So I would make, if you don't already do this, I would make sure that you also have Google trends as part of your toolkit when you are examining, um, or, or, or researching what songs you are deciding that you're going to cover. So um, next up, we got Nodding Hook um, Crochet, and they have a crochet channel. The goal of the channel is to share their hobby of crochet. Um, the question is, I'm trying to get remonetized. I stopped uploading videos um, years ago because of horrible internet. I would take 24 hours to upload a 15 minute video. Holy moly, that's a long time. Says um, now, that I have better internet, I decided to restart my channel. My question is, every day YouTube takes two to three hours away from me in the morning, then around 11 p.m., they add in hours, why? Okay, so what's happening is when it comes to your, um, let's see here, when it comes to your watch time. So one thing everyone here is going to see is they are going to see, when it comes to their watch time, they're going to see it fluctuating um, in terms of watch time dropping off and new watch time coming in. The reason for that is because the watch time rolls when it comes to the requirements for monetization like this. So what that means is the content that you published um, 366 days ago, that, con that, that does not count anymore for your watch time for that 365 day period. But the content that you published today does. And the content that you published 365 days ago does, but tomorrow it's going to fall off. So because of that, what's happening is you're getting credited for the watch time for the people that are watching your content now within that period or the stuff that you've accumulated, you know, today. Um, and then you're losing the watch time from the content that you had um, out there previously or a year ago. Good question. Next up, we've got part-time permies, part-time permies. 
says that they do applying permaculture to our food sources, raising chickens, gardening, foraging, and cooking. Super cool. Um, the, the goal of the channel is to teach people how to raise, forage, and cook their own food sustainably. Um, food sustainably. The question is, I have a few different topic buckets and have traditionally used the same color scheme throughout all of my videos. Um, I thought that it would be recognizable for my channel in general. Would it be better to have a different color scheme per topic to make it easier for my viewers to distinguish the topic quickly? No. Um, what I recommend is that you always prioritize performance over branding um, when it comes to colors and things like that. So um, it's really important, like when you have something that you can do stylistically to help people realize that your con the content is yours for your regular viewers. Or if you can add like a little icon somewhere, or if you're in the you know image or something like that, those types of things help people recognize that it's you for the people that are that already enjoy your content will click on most of your stuff. However, when it comes to committing to color schemes and you know things like that for the sake of branding then what you're doing is you're putting branding in front of the performance of the videos and that can actually work against you if you start you know if you're using something that people aren't responding to at the highest rate so because of that you want to make sure that you're putting performance first always so if ha like when it comes to people recognizing your content sets, this is actually like what you're talking about. Some people actually recommend that, that people do that, that they like, hey, you know, use certain colors for different playlists and things like that. I totally disagree. And the reason that I disagree is because what you're doing in that scenario is you are basically using very specific colors and things like that for the people that are already interacting with your channel and you're not thinking about new viewers that don't even know what any of that stuff means. And you're also relying on people realizing that you're even doing that in the first place. Um, so because of that, what you're doing is you're, you're creating something that people may not even recognize that you're doing in the first place. And you're doing it in a way, in a way to where they have to be interacting with your YouTube channel in terms of, you know, your videos page, or of course, you know, now they have everything divided, you know, one of your content pages um, or your actual homepage itself for them to even like realize that that's even a thing. So what you're doing is you're prioritizing something that people might not even be picking up on. You're sacrificing performance for that, right? So because of that, I would focus everything on like, hey, what do I need to do to get people to click on this stuff? Like I would focus on that way more than than like colors and things like that. Now, one thing that you could do um, if you, you know, wanted to do that is if you're like, hey, um, this is really important to me, um, you know, the way that, you know, people are interacting with my content, I think this would be really helpful based on, you know, how people are, you know, just finding my stuff and so on. Um, you know, if you just put like a little tiny stripe down the side or like a little icon in the corner or, you know, something like that, that might be enough. But I would not like cater everything to people just being able to identify different content sets on your YouTube channel. It's what playlists are for. So instead of doing that, I recommend that you actually build sections out on your channel page 
of the specific, you know, content that you're doing that way. So you're already doing it with playlists anyway. So take those playlists, add them as sections to your channel page. And then as long as they're in that playlist, people are going to know that it's that type of content, regardless of the colors that you're using or the imagery that you're using in the thumbnails. Um, if they go to your playlist page and you have everything broken down into playlist that way, the same exact thing applies to where they're going to see, hey, this is the topic or the, you know, playlist based around the topic that I care about and all the videos in that playlist are in there. And then what you can do from there, once you start organizing things in that way, is you can start spreading the word. So you start spreading the word through, if they're watching a video on raising chickens, right? Just one aspect of raising chickens, then at the end of that video, you would make sure that you're handing them off in terms of, you know, hey, watch this playlist next. Um, if you wanna learn more about, you know, so you're watching this video because, you know, you're trying to learn more about taking care of your chickens, raising your chickens and all of that. I actually made an entire playlist that's going to demystify this entire process for you. You can click into that right here, right? And then that way, through spreading that awareness, driving people into the playlist, then you're making it easy for the new viewers and your regular viewers to find the content that matters most to them without even having to worry about color coding things, okay? So I would just use the features that YouTube already has in place to do that and focus your thumbnails in terms of like, you know, all the colors and everything, focus that on like trying to make it as effective as you possibly can in terms of people clicking on them at a higher rate. next on our list if you're enjoying the show remember to give it a thumbs up and share it with a friend right now okay next up we've got mounia um histories sinistries histories sinistries i think is how you say that um the the type of channel is telling scary stories and classic narrations the goal of the channel is to entertain an audience and share my written stories the question is my channel is about narration of royalty-free novels. YouTube has already refused to monetize it, reused content. I started to add my own short stories with montage. Can I get monetized? You're just gonna have to, you're just gonna have to like resubmit. So basically the whole thing when it comes to monetization is they want unique content. They don't want you to be like reusing stuff that's already out there. Like they want fresh, unique content. And the reason for that is because it's so easy for me to go and find a channel like that and then just copy everything and basically just flood the platform with a bunch of content that's the same exact thing. Make 10 different channels. Once I find one that, you know, a, 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 you know like a, a format that works, make, you know, 10 or 20 or 50 different YouTube channels and just flood all those channels with just different variations of that same exact thing. Um, so because of that, like that's why you're in that situation. So just try to make it as unique as you possibly can if you wanna get monetized. Um, let's see here. Next up on the list, um, Zakira Farah uh, says that they have a gaming channel. The goal of the channel is, um, and if you're a gamer, again, yeah, we have, we, yeah, we got a decent amount of gamers in here. I did that one already. Um, so the goal of the channel here is entertaining, educating, and helping other gamers to do excellent things within games that they do content for. Question, in a recent live stream, someone was expressing the desire um, to, you know, do something bad um, to, you know, themselves. And they say, should I pr uh, privatize the stream? And is there something that I could do on my end to get them a safety check or anything? Um, technically, you could kind of like report their channel to YouTube, but that most likely isn't going to like, you know, have any help or anything like that. Um, but it says, um, in the live stream, chat resources were offered, suggestions made, and I added both a trigger warning and a call to action to the stream's description after the stream ended. So if all this was happening in chat, um, one thing that I would do, so if you have the chat, the, the chat, um, cause you make gaming content. So I know some gamers will have the chat playing on screen also. So if that's the case, then you can't really do this. But if you don't have it on screen, then if you go in 
you can edit your live stream just a little bit, cut off like 10 seconds somewhere, beginning, end, whatever. And then YouTube's going to remove the chat completely. I would do that. Uh, that's what I would do um, for the sake of just removing that completely unless it was on screen. But um, if it is on screen, um, then in that particular case, I would private the video um, if it was, you know, if it was on my channel, just for the sake of like, you know, not, you know, kind of getting that out there. Um, just because, you know, that person, you know, people can go and harass that person or, you know, like whatever. So like I would, I would definitely do that, but I would at least remove the chat. So um, let's see here. Truth by Dr. M uh, Melanie says that they do natural health and beauty content. The goal of the channel is to inspire people to take control of their health and age naturally while earning income. And the question is, I now have 392 subscribers growing slow and steady. At what point should I apply for the YouTube partner program? And can you recommend one of your awesome step-by-step -step video tutorials on this? I heard that you want to do this right the first time. So when it comes to the partner program, um, you only have the option to apply once you cross 1,000 subscribers or 4,000 hours of watch time with long form content, or you have a new version of 1,000 subscribers or 10 million views in a 90 day period with YouTube shorts. So um, because of that, as soon as you hit those requirements, YouTube is going to either send you an email and or give you a notification inside of your Creator Studio dashboard, letting you know that you've reached the requirements. I think for the email, you actually have to check a box um, for them to send you that email, but make sure you do that. And then as soon as they send you that email, go through the process of setting up the account and you are good to go. Next up on the list, I need to step away for like 30 seconds here. Um, so I'm going to play a quick video for you. Um, this is a video, just a diss track that Brian G. Johnson and myself made for Daniel Batal. Um, I'm going to do that really quick and I will be right back here in about like 30 to 45 seconds. I'm B to the G, it's easy to see what you need, it's attention from me, I'll give you the shout, get back on the grind and you'll be down for the count, trying to breathe, your favorite is me, now you hit with the diss, all of that hair hanging there like a chick, man give me a break, you're standing too close to the timber like Nick, there is a claim that you say, Filmora is hate, call me a thief for the titles you hate, I taught you the rank, you seem to forget it, I hit it and quit it, and you try to walk in my wake, I'm tossing you weight, giving you shine, giving you clout by doing this with my time, what I'm about, lying you guys, you come from my comfort, but now you're denied, you, you, Wanna, wanna throw, throw shade It's too late, I already got it made You, you wanna, wanna bring, bring hate Hit, hit the road, hater, cause I'm not phased If you're messing with G, you're messing with me The name is Nick and I'll bend in a knee Disturbing the peace, I'll come back into battle and murder a beat I heard you eat worms like a bird, like a tree Just like these words of defeat I think Beanie should draw you and make you a tea They're waiting on me, who's waiting on you? If it wasn't for Johnson, you wouldn't have views or a clue you wouldn't know what to do The only extremes I see is your food yeah, This is just weak, yes I mean to be rude Change of your scene, technique, everything about you and the future you seek It's bleak, I don't mean to allude to the fact that you racked up a debt with the best in this feud You just got wrecked by the crew You, you, wanna, wanna throw, throw shade It's too late, I already got it made You, you, wanna, wanna bring, bring hate Hit, hit the road, hate that was close. Like I, I went to turn that video off and I almost, almost hit in broadcast. That was close, like really close. Okay, so um, let's keep on trucking here. So um, next up on the list here, we've got, um, let's see here. This one is from Mr. 
Um, I'm not sure how to say that last one. It's kind of like if I say it wrong, then it's going to be explicit. So I'm not even going to try. But uh, but um, they have an anime channel, and the goal of the channel is to make funny and funny and informative anime videos. And the question is, I want to open a channel in the anime niche, and I have some unique ideas. What would be your recommendations for this niche? Any untapped ideas? Um, so for anime, I actually don't watch anime. I don't watch anime content on YouTube. So I'm probably not the best person um, for this. Um, I know Roberto, I think that he does dabble in like anime stuff um, a little bit. So um, Roberto Blake is who I'm talking about. So I would definitely make sure that you're subscribed to his YouTube channel. If you just go to YouTube and you type in Roberto Blake, you'll find him. Um, but make sure you're subscribed to his YouTube channel so that when he goes live, I think he goes live on Sundays, um, that you can um, check out his channel because he would be a better person to, uh, to ask for that. Droning Western Australia says, I still haven't seen this entire clip. I wish I would stop uh, teasing with that clip. So you can see it on Brian G. Johnson's YouTube channel. So if you just type in like, um, if you go to YouTube search, you type in like Nick Nimmin, Brian G. Johnson diss track or something like that, um, then um, then it should show up and you'll see it on his uh, on his YouTube channel over there. You can watch the whole thing. <laughs> but I just put it in here as a way to entertain people while I'm, uh, you know, when I have to step away for a minute. So the Project Equestrian is our um, is our next uh, question here. They do equestrian content. The goal of the channel is to make money doing something that they're passionate about. The question is, why do CPMs fluctuate so much? My average um, 90 CPM is about uh, $12, but there's a lot of fluctuations around that day-to-day, video-to-video. For example, one video is usually around 10 to 15, but one day it hit 180. It wasn't even around that time um, when the topic was in. Shark Scrapper, super chat. Thank you for the super sticker, my man. I appreciate it. But when it comes to um, the CPMs on your YouTube channel, so basically your CPMs are determined by the topic of the video. It is determined by where people are watching your video from. Um, and of course, ad inventory um, is also you know another factor of this. So when it comes to your fluctuations in CPMs, it can be that you know people are just watching you from a different area. It could be that ad inventory is down from there. It could be that your um, that your uh, your monetized playbacks um, are low. You know for those particular videos, um, you know all kinds of different variables there. But what you're experiencing is normal. So like you know like nothing wrong is happening on your YouTube channel. But the reason that it fluctuates is because of you know those things that I talked about and that's that same thing happens to everybody um, on YouTube so just to kind of put it in perspective like let's say that you have like an influx of viewers from like Thailand um, as an example then in that case when you have that influx of viewers from Thailand because the ad rates here are extremely low so because of that, you know, the people that see the ads from over here, it's going to be, uh, you know, much, you know, like you're, you're not going to get hardly anything from it compared to if somebody sees your content, like in the U.S. as an example, because you'll get more over there. Uh, Water Metal 124 says that they do daily content on their YouTube channel. They do gaming and shorts content. The goal is to reach 1,000 subscribers and 4,000 hours of uh, watch time. And they say when they upload a shorts video, in 30 minutes, the video gets about 5,000 views, and then after that, it goes down. Can you give me a solution? 
So what's happening is YouTube is putting it in the shelf. People are responding to it there in the shelf. And then as P as the response gets lower compared to the other videos that are in the shelf, um, then it will lose priority there. So basically during that testing period, when they're like seeing how people respond to it, um, you know, that's where you're getting that 5,000 views from. And then it kind of goes down once people don't respond to it as much. Bravo with Sheila says, super thank you chat. for always being here. You're appreciated. Thank you for the kind words, Sheila. And thank you for the super chat as well. I enjoy this. So for me, so here's something interesting that, um, that, you know, some of you might not know because I'm in Asia. So since I'm in Asia, um, when, you, when the time updates in the States, cause I go live at 9 AM Eastern time in the U S so because of that, when the time zone switches or when the, when the, um, uh, daylight savings time changes, it pushes me back an hour or moves me up an hour. So previously my stream would start at 8 PM here, local time. And now that the change happened, now it starts at 9 PM here, local time. So before I would stream from about 8 PM to about 11. Now um, I stream from about 9 PM to around midnight um, or more. So, so because of that, like, um, you know, in terms of just like my brain and things like that, because I start so late here, um, like when it pushes back a little bit, this adjustment for like the first few streams is typically a little rough for me um, because I have to remember that I have to reserve some of my energy during the day so that I don't kind of peter out um, so to speak at, uh, you know, at nighttime when I come in and do the streams. So today I like went to the dentist, um, you know, as well. Cause I'm, they're like, you know, working through like a root canal. So I went to the dentist today and while I was, uh, you know, there, of course, you know, you're in that like intense, you know, moment when they're like, you know, getting there grinding on your teeth and stuff. So, so like I'm using up all that energy there, you know, plus after that, you know, I went and got some food and just kind of like walked around a little bit. But what I should have done is after the dentist, I should have gotten some food and then just like came home and just kind of like sat around and all that just kind of like reserved some of my energy. But, uh, but in terms of the, uh, you know, the, the time zone, thing um that can definitely be a thing but with all of that said like you know like i like i i like i enjoy showing up here i enjoy answering these questions i enjoy this so much because like i don't know if you're here earlier sheila but you know i've had a couple people you know come in the stream one of them you know just crossed two hundred thousand subscribers somebody else you know they started watching my content at 100 now they have like forty-seven thousand, like those types of things so like knowing that there might be one person and i you know there it could be more um but you know knowing that there might be one person in that shows up today out of all the people that'll watch this, um, even on the replay, there might be one person that shows up to where they hear something and it just clicks and then that they can, you know, kind of take off from there, so to speak. So, you know, for me, that is, is one of my big motivations for doing this. Like I enjoy it and just, you know, answering questions, helping people, you know, solve all these problems. But, you know, one of the, you know, real key things for me, um, is that, that like, you know, hopefully through my time that I spend, you know, sitting here that, you know, at least one person that something will click and they'll, you know, start applying one of the things that I mentioned or all the things that I mentioned or whatever. And then, you know, and then that'll be the, the path for them. So, um, so that's, you know, kind of my, my drive and where my motivation comes from. So uh, watermelon or watermetal, I, I answered yours um, already, I believe. So we'll move to the next one. Let me go down the question and make sure. Okay, yeah, we did that one already. Uh, but next up on the list here, we've got um, Believe in the Magic. Believe in the Magic says that they have been on YouTube for one year or more. They do vlogging content. The goal of the channel is to start making some money for school. 
And the question is, should I change my channel name to something else? Um, there's a lot of people who have the same name or similar name to mine, plus the handle I chose. My channel name is already taken by more than a likely dormant account. My handle also got separated by YouTube in the search sometimes. Thank you for your answer. So when it comes to your YouTube handle, um, if somebody else already has it and it's on a dormant channel, um, one of the recommendations was to contact YouTube chat support and let them know that it's on a dormant channel and see if you can get it from them. Um, because um, supposedly they are kind of releasing some of those if they're on channels that people just aren't using anymore. So um, so if you do have one that isn't, you know, like if you're like, hey, this is the name, but like, you know, it's taken on a channel that hasn't uploaded since like, you know, 2014, um, then in that case, you know, you definitely wanna hit them up and see if you can um, see if you can get that. But if you can't, um, then I would definitely try to come up with a more unique name um, so that it'll help you stand out more. Because, you know, the last thing you want is is somebody going to look for you because, you know, like, let's say that I'm having coffee with D and and I'm like, you know, hey, you got to check out Beyond the Magic. And then he goes and he's like, oh, sweet. You know, I'm gonna check this out. He goes, pops on his phone when he's like, you know, doing something else. And he's like, what's that channel? Okay, yeah, Beyond the Magic. Let me check that out. And then there's like a hundred different channels. Then he wouldn't know which one I was, you know, referencing. So when you can come up with something unique, um, that's definitely a much better path because it just helps you stand out. So when people are looking for you um, and it's something unique, then you're the only one or one of the very few options compared to, you know, a, a very common channel name. So uh, Rory the Toy Poodle says that they do entertainment and relaxation, uh, relaxation from posting videos and shorts on my toy poodle and planning to add informative videos with voiceovers about dogs. Um, that's the type of channel. And the goal of the channel is entertainment and enjoyment and hopefully to someday provide household income. And the question is, recommended software purchase slash free to record, voice, record voiceovers for my video. So <clears throat> if you're recording voiceovers for your video, um, the Solutions that you have are most phones have a built-in recorder to them. So if you have a phone, you can record directly into that. It won't cost you anything. Um, then you have apps where you can kind of process that audio or kind of boost it up a little bit, make it sound more full, things like that. Um, the next thing would be if you're looking for a free solution, you have um, Audacity, which is a free software solution if you are using a computer. Um, with that one, you can do all kinds of cool stuff in there, remove background noise, um, like really pump up your you know voice, you know those types of things, add equalizer to your voice to kind of, you know, you know, raise or lower, you know, different, you know, frequencies of your, your voice to make yourself sound more pleasant or whatever. Um, you can also use on the paid side, um, you have Adobe Audition. Um, that is a monthly subscription. So you got to be really committed if you're going to be using that. Um, but that also has a bunch of those tools in it. And it's a much easier to use and a lot more intuitive um, than um, Adobe uh, Audition. And then you also have um, what is the, um, Audiate, which is a, um, TechSmith solution. So with Audiate, the cool thing with that one is as you are doing the voiceover, it's also recording all of the words that you say. So you'll actually see it being typed out in front of you as you're talking, if you're on a computer. So basically you'll be saying it and then you'll see the words just like appearing on your screen as you're saying it. And then since you're doing the voiceover, if you're like, ah, that part right there, I actually said an extra word or whatever, you can highlight that word and delete it. And then it'll delete it from the audio file too, which is pretty cool. And then you render that out. Um, and then, you know, and then you're good to go with that one as well. So um, Audiate costs money. Adobe Audition costs money. Um, the one Doug is suggesting here, um, Descript, that also costs money. 
Um, I think they have like a free trial or whatever, but it costs money. Um, Audition, or sorry, Audacity is free. And of course your phone is free as well um, in terms of doing the voiceovers there. And also, you know, you might have something on your computer, depending on what it is that you use, you might already have some type of like, you know, video editing software built into your computer, um, or even a recorder built into your computer. But the win with using some of the, the, the things that I was talking about before in the audio processing side is, you know, you can kind of level out your audio so that everything is pretty consistent across instead of like one part being louder, one part being quieter, especially like, let's say you're doing voiceovers and you're moving around a lot and you can hear my roadcaster is going to compensate for it a little bit, but let's say that I'm really animated and I'm moving around a little bit. You can hear, um, you should be able to hear, hopefully, especially if you're using headphones, like as I'm sitting here and I'm kind of going back and forth like this, maybe as I'm getting further away on this side, if I'm, you know, animated, moving around, not talking directly into the mic, then, you know, I might get like dips in the volume and little peaks in the volume because I'm moving around being animated while I'm, you know, doing the voiceover. So when you're using some of that audio software that lets you process it, then what happens is that lets you be able to um, kind of even things out. So it'll bring up those low parts and kind of kind of match them a little bit so that everything just sounds a lot more um, consistent. And if you have a Mac, and this one's coming from my brother D says, if you have a Mac and you have logic, then of course it does everything. Um, you know, so you can do all that with built-in plugins and you know, all of that, uh, as well. And Doug mentioned even QuickTime on a Mac allows you to do a lot of that. Um, also. So next up on our list here, um, we've got Ashley Hodge, uh, Hodgson. Ashley does educational content. The goal of the channel is to educate the public and their students. Um, the question is, what should I pay attention to when I spend my 10 minutes a day in my car practicing my speaking voice for YouTube? Are there verbal exercises you use for deliberate practice? So what I do um, in that particular case is I would just speak out loud at the volume that you're gonna be communicating um, on your in your YouTube videos. So you mentioned that you practice 10 minutes a day practicing you know, your speaking voice. So first, just focus on clarity in terms of your, you know, pronunciation of the words. Um, in addition to that, make sure that you are just focused on speaking a little bit louder because it's easy to just kind of, you know, talk in your normal, your normal voice. But when you do that on camera, it kind of brings the energy down just a little bit, which might be okay. That might be the vibe you're going for. If it is, then, you know, disregard this particular part. But, um, um, since it does kind of pull that energy down a little bit, if you are somebody that's wanting to project that energy, then in that case, I would definitely start practicing speaking at a higher volume and actually projecting your voice a little bit and not even necessarily higher, but more out, so to speak, um, if that makes any sense. So when it comes to, um, you know, like how you're using your voice when you're, um, you know, putting your content together, another thing that I would also think about is, when you're recording your videos, if you either do it in one big long clip, but you do it in small parts, or if you record your videos in clips, also practice developing the skill of knowing or remembering how you're ending one sentence or phrase and starting the next one. And when you start working on that, that will also help you know that like, okay, I'm, I'm saying this thing and I kind of end this high. 
So I'm either gonna match it high and bring it down, or I'm going to kind of shake it up a little bit and start low and then start building that one up high again for the next clip. And when you start using your voice in that way also, when you're editing things together, it can also make the whole thing feel a little bit more you know, dynamic as well. So when you're working on your voice um, in, in that regard, um, also just try to think of it that way. Like if you're practicing, and you are like reading a script, for example, just do a line at a time or, you know, like a little short paragraph at a time, something that you'd be able to remember, you know, for your videos um, and do that short line, but practice and practice paying attention to how you are ending and starting each clip and how they would actually go together in the editing process. And that will help you in the actual presentation um, itself. Um, let's see here. Next up, we've got Carol, the girl miniature mukbang. Oh, another thing too. Also, um, actually really quick, hold on. No brainer languages. They're a language person. So they might actually have some good insights here. They say, if you need to edit your audio to remove noise, speaking at the top enough to remain natural is necessary. Removing noise from low volume voice may also remove natural crispness. Yeah. yeah. So, so in terms of volume. Um, another thing also is when you are working on your voice, another thing to think about is, is, is where you're actually speaking from, right? Because you can, you can go kind of, kind of high and nasally a little bit like this, where, you know, where everything is kind of coming from in here, or you can drop it down to where everything is coming more from, you know, more from here. Um, so also practice on that and where the, you know, like where your tones are coming from, so to speak. So Carol, the girl miniature mukbang says that they have a uh, miniature real cooking um, channel and they are re a, retired, a retired chef and teacher. Yeah, this extra hour thing here with this time zone, like you can hear me fumbling now, like all over the place. But anyway, um, they say that they their goal is to make movies with Walt Disney and Pixar and to become a multimillionaire. That's good. And the question is, how can I grow? Thumbnails get monetized. I make most of my props. So in terms of how you grow, um, YouTube in a nutshell comes down to viewer experience. So what that means is um, everything that is going to happen with your content and your YouTube channel, everything is based on how people respond to what it is that you do. So your ability to help people identify that your content is something that they're interested in and then compel them to click on it, your ability to do that is going to be a huge factor um, on how your channel performs. So is how people experience your actual video content. So the whole game is this. If you break YouTube down into just like a, a, a you know very simple idea, the whole thing is the better people respond to every part of the content that you publish, the better you're gonna do. So what you have to start thinking about is the entire chain of the viewer experience. So from the moment your content shows up on one of the pages on YouTube or you know somewhere in the mobile app, from the moment they have the option to click on your content and they decide to do so, um, or just from the moment they see it, right? You gotta start there. So from the moment they see it, like how can you make that clear for them without complicating it, without you know, kind of overdoing it? How can you make that clear? And then once they decide to click on it, how can you just create a, a, a great experience for them? How can you entertain them or educate them or you know, do give them whatever it is, whatever value they're expecting from your video? How can you give that to them in the most efficient and quick way so that they can you know, come in, enjoy that content, hopefully end up watching another video, subscribing to the channel, coming back for more of that kind of stuff. But the more you focus on the viewer experience and creating an awesome piece of content for your viewers, the more you focus on that and developing the skills that will help you do that, the better off you're gonna be on the platform.
Yeah, my brother says, I don't know how I'm gonna do the, the, the stream next. Yeah, his stream doesn't even start for 30 minutes. So, uh, so yeah, D's in the same boat that I am uh, in terms of this, but he's not even starting his for another 30 minutes. And then they go for like another hour and a half, I think, uh, on that stream. So yeah, it's uh, I might tune into that one just for the sake of watching D and just seeing D, uh, seeing how D holds it together in that stream. So um, the next channel here is from, um, or the next question here is from Heartfilled Kitchen. Heartfilled Kitchen does cooking content. The goal of the channel is to provide easy to follow recipes that will inspire viewers to cook at home, regardless of skill level or schedule. The question is, I want my channel to be a resource for delicious, easy to find recipes. With that in mind, I prefer posting individual recipes. However, my viewers seem to prefer batch recipe videos. For example, a week's worth of dinners, four chicken recipes, etc. This makes it harder to find individual recipes again. My question is, do I stick with individual recipes and take the longer route for growth or do I give them what they want? Here's what you do. You actually combine what's happening on your channel. So instead of saying like, I, my only option is create a single video recipe or these bulk recipes, instead experiment with creating one video that leads them into a playlist of bulk videos. So basically you have, you bring them out on one recipe, but then you lead them into a playlist that helps them with a bunch of other recipes. So then that way you just start creating playlists on your channel that are based around dinner, playlists on your channel that's based around breakfast, playlists on your channel that's based around lunch, you know, and any other snacks and stuff you put in there. Um, but basically you start creating playlists around those different things. And of course, within that, you can also break those down into separate playlists, you know, like maybe healthy breakfasts, healthy dinners, or, you know, um, you know, dinners, uh, or healthy meals for, you know, healthy meals you can make in under, you know, 30 minutes, healthy meals you can make in under an hour, those types of things, but start breaking them down to different playlists. And then make the single videos that are recipe videos, let them know, hey, in this video, I'm going to be sharing, you know, this particular dinner recipe, but at the very end of this video, I'm actually going to, um, you know, hand you off, or I'm going to make it easy for you to find these other videos or, you know, whatever, to where you explain that you're gonna be sending them into a playlist or just give them that great video. And then at the end of that single recipe, that's where you let them know, you know, hey, if you, you know, if you're watching this video about dinners, I actually have an entire, uh, you know, I have an entire playlist right here of dinner recipes that you can check out next. So go ahead and click into that now. And then what you do there is you are taking that single video and then you're driving them into that playlist where they can get more of what it is that they want since they're wanting more of the bulk stuff. So instead of combining, you know, um, four chicken recipes, you would have four different videos that are four different chicken recipes. You would isolate all of those into one playlist, and then you would make that particular playlist a series playlist is one thing that you could do there. And then within that series playlist, every video in that playlist is directly related to each other, and they can only be in that one series playlist, but you can put them in as many playlists as you want. And with that particular playlist, with every video within that playlist, you're driving people into that particular uh, playlist, right? So out of those four videos, then all of those videos would be pointing into that playlist. So you're still giving them what they want, while at the same time, you're able to make more content that can help get you in front of more new viewers. And if they follow that path and they watch more and more of the videos, that will help the originating videos perform better on the platform as well. Um, next up on our list here, if you're enjoying the show, remember to give it a thumbs up and share it with a friend right now. We've got Damon Varial True Crime. They do true crime content. The goal is to bring new content to a state genre, stale genre. 
The question is, I upload once per week and I want to upload more frequently. I know if a video does well, you should um, let it sit, hence two questions. If I just released a video that's doing well, is it wise to push back the schedule of the, subs the subsequent video to let the one doing well do its thing or does it hurt to publish regardless? Same question, but with publishing shorts shortly after a full length video performance well, performing well, um, this is exactly what I did this week and I noticed a drop off in views of the long form, well performing video after I published the short. By the way, I just moved this highland this week. I won't be in your area, but I can um, feel your aura. <laughs> nice, so welcome to uh, Thailand, by the way. If you ever do you know, hit the area, definitely hit me up. We'll grab a coffee or something. But um, when it comes to the question, so when you publish a video on your, um, on your YouTube channel, each video is its own standalone. Like, so for example, there are channels that will upload like three videos a day um, and all of their videos will do well. However, um, if you do wanna let it breathe, that is kind of good practice, but don't let it breathe for too long because like if people are interacting with it at a really high rate and it's like doing just awesome on the channel, then in that case, like let it, you know, do well, just like initially, but like follow it up with something that would be a great fit for those viewers and try to do that in a reasonable amount of time. Um, so like, for example, you don't wanna just let it go for, you know, a month because it's doing well. You wanna follow it up with another video so you can kind of keep things stacking and just keep people coming back to the channel and just kind of keep things moving forward that way um, so because of that um, you know when you do have those videos performing well just keep in mind that initial performance that you're seeing and that drop off that you see when you publish that next video that doesn't necessarily mean that you know the long-term impact of that video is going to be uh, or the long-term yeah impact of that video is going to be negative so because of that just remember that as long as you're making good content and people are responding to it positively, it'll keep doing okay. Um, so when you are following it up with another video, let it breathe just a tad if it's doing like really awesome, but make sure you follow it up fast enough to be able to capitalize on being in the recent view history of all of those people that are interacting with that video. Next on the list, we've got Game Life 44. Game Life 44 says that they do mobile gaming content. The goal of the channel is to create a diverse, entertaining gaming channel. The question is, what are the signs of creative burnout and how to push through and remain consistent with making quality content? So signs of creative burnout um, would be, well, there's burnout and then there's creative burnout. So creative burnout would be like, hey, I just can't come up with any ideas to do anything. Um, in that case, you can use, you know, tools like Answer the Public. Um, you can use tools like TubeBuddy. You can use tools like TubeSpanner um, to where, you know, they'll help you just come up with video ideas and, you know, all of those things. Um, when it comes to burnout in general, you'll notice that because you'll start getting like some negativity towards what it is that you do. So what I mean? You won't be as encouraged to answer comments. You won't, like sometimes you might even get agitated by some of the commenters. Um, you will uh, not be like pumped up to like make content. You might do it, but you won't be like excited, you know, about it. And you'll you'll notice it, you know, after a while. Your viewers might even notice it after a while just based on the tone that you take in your videos. Um, you stop kind of exploring YouTube in terms of like right now, you know, if you are like, you know, new to YouTube or something, or, you know, if you're just into it, then, you know, you're probably like just analyzing other channels, you're looking at other videos, you're kind of taking notes if you see something cool in videos and things like that. Most of that's going to stop um, just because your interest is going to wane. So what's going to happen is you'll start looking into other things to kind of fill that time so that you don't have to do that. Um, so when it comes to burnout, um, you know, the whole thing is it just kind of like the, the, the shine 
that comes with all of this stuff, it just kind of wears off. And when that shine wears off, then you have to like give yourself a break um, or massively pull back on what it is that you're doing. Because if you try to just kind of force yourself through it, you're not like fixing the thing that got you there in the first place. So what you have to do is you have to pull back a little bit. Maybe you start looking at, instead of just looking at the video content, you start looking at your process of making content. You start reevaluating why it is that you're doing what it is that you're doing in the first place. Um, you start looking at the time that you're spending and making sure that the time that you're spending, um, you know, within your content creation, you know, process that you're, you know, doing it efficiently, things like that and start working on the actual workflow side of of things so that you can make sure that you are kind of reap, you know, kind of setting things up for the sake of not having to go through that experience again, once you, you know, come back and you're back in like full force again. Doug says, um, let's see here. Okay, I saw my name in here. So uh, I thought that was for me, but it is not. Okay. So next up on the uh, list. Hey, Shane B, what's going on? Nice to see you in here. Uh, Buckeye the cat. Nice to uh, see you here as well. Key Young, uh, you are here indeed. I hope that you are doing fantastic. Mr. Lamberfides, no worries on being late. It is all good. I hope that you're doing awesome. Welcome to the stream. Better late than never is what they say. So, you know, welcome to the stream. Hope you're doing awesome. Blue plays. What's up? Hope you're doing great. So um, let's see here. So Relax Sleep Music says, anybody know a good site to get free copyright music? As a matter of fact, um, yes. So there is a website that was put together, a full free music service um, by my brother D. Nimmin um, and myself here. It's called Creator Mix. I got a link to it right here on the screen. Just go to creatormix.com. Um, we have a, an entire website um, full of royalty-free music that people can use in their videos for free. Make sure you read in your case specifically because you're uploading like, you know, uh, like meditation music and stuff. So our, our relaxing sleep music, make sure that you do read the, um, you know, the, the terms and conditions there to make sure that you are going to be using it in the way that is um, okay. Because us and everybody else that publishes music, um, we're very specific on, you know, the, the ways that you can use the music. Regular content's fine, but you can't just kind of like republish it as like, you know, as like, you know, as royalty-free music as an example. Stevan is our next question. And um, right here, he says that um, he does personal empowerment, inspirational, and motivation. The goal of the channel is to be a full-time content creator and grow a positive community. The question is, I'm ready to niche down. I have over 400 various videos on my channel. The question is, should I delete videos from my channel that may not be best for my chosen niche or stop creating videos that don't match my new direction and leave those videos there? So, um, what I would do is I would I would go and I would look and see if they're like in alignment in some way. Like um, if you have other videos on your channel and they're like, you know, vlogs about vacations that you've taken or something like that. Yeah, I would I would unlist those. But if it's like, hey, um, if somebody is into personal empowerment, inspirational, motivational content and they run across this video on like time management. Yeah, you know, if they're watching, you know, personal empowerment content, then like time management, you know, might be a thing that they would be interested in. So because of that, I'll leave that on the channel because there is some crossover. But if it is wildly different, then in that case, yeah, I would I would definitely take some of that stuff down. Um, um, because if you do have that content in your channel and out of the blue, it ends up, you know, just starts crushing, um, then that can make, you know, the direction that you're moving a little bit more difficult to move in that direction, you know, quickly. So because of that, I would definitely double down into the new direction, but I would go through and I would think, okay, does any of this, you know, old content, um, is it in alignment in any way with the people that would be interacting with this new direction that I'm going? 
Speak to existence. Super chat. Thank you for the super chat. Says I'm moving to Manila soon. Any tips on what I need to pay attention to on my channel if I'm relocating long term, but wish to maintain my current audience segment? So this is a great question. So um, just as a heads up, um, your channel is still going to be the channel that is in you know the area that you're moving from. So you know, like let's say for example, um, like if um, like if you are in America right now, and I'm just using that you know because I'm an American. So if you're in America right now um, and you have AdSense paying out to your U.S. bank account, then in that case, um, I would still keep that open if you can, um, because you know in that particular case, it's going to make things less complicated for you. But your account, you know, it's still a U.S account, um, you're still paying out to, you know, a U.S. bank and all that. So then you would still be fine there. Um, however, if you change everything to the Philippines, then in that case, um, you'd probably still be okay. But I personally, like if Renee was in here, he might be able to add a little bit more clarity to this. But I personally would be a little bit paranoid about that. Um, I've never had that experience in terms of, you know, helping somebody, you know, make that change. So I can't tell you, um, you know, like, yes, you're going to have a problem or no, you're not. Um, but me, as an American, um, you know, like all of my stuff is, you know, in the States. So because of that, um, you know, like I, you know, like it's not a big deal um, in terms of, you know, those worries, but it is complicated sometimes. So for example, you know, um, like, you know, all my addresses are over there, everything pays out over there, all of that. So like when it comes to getting like new cards and, you know, things like that, you know, it can be a little bit complicated in terms of having to have somebody like send it over and those types of things. But um, you know, I would definitely just make sure that if possible, you can keep everything just open in your home country. Um, and if you can't, then in that case, you're going to be forced to change things. But I would definitely, um, you know, if you can, I would try to maintain it in your, in, in the, in the current country. But one thing that I can tell you is that if you're uploading from somewhere else in the world, doesn't matter, right? Like that's not gonna impact you. Um, but the thing that would just make me paranoid if I was making those changes would be the fact that you would be kind of saying that you're in a new country and like everything would be connected in a new country. But it doesn't mean that if you're connected in those countries that uh, that the people in your home country can't enjoy the content. It's just that connection for me, I would just be a little bit cautious about that if it was me personally. But, you know, because I don't have the experience with that, um, you know, I'm probably, you know, not the best uh, person for that. One thing that you might want to do is you might want to um, send a tweet to team YouTube and just ask them, just be like, Hey, you know, I'm going to be moving, you know, is there, you know, is it, is there, is there even a possibility for me to mess up, you know, where my content's getting recommended to and things like that. If I end up switching any of this, if you are going to be in a position where you're going to need to switch that based on banking. And banking is the only reason you would need to switch that by the way, because there's no other reason that you would need to, to switch the country, but your country needs to match the bank that you're sending your payments to. Um, let's see here. So Bravo with super Sheila. Chat. Thank you for the super chat again. Thank you for that. It says, forgot to put my question on the last super chat. Um, I've been a YouTuber for eight months. I have 294 subscribers. Do you think I'm growing at a good pace? So just as a heads up, um, so all of this stuff in terms of, you know, um, the, the pace that people grow at on YouTube, everybody brings different life experience onto the platform and that life experience in some cases will help people grow. Um, in other cases it won't. So every channel, every content creator, like we, we all go through this at different paces, but just for some encouragement for you on this channel that you're watching right now, it took me five months to reach my first 150 subscribers on the channel. Just like you, 
I was starting at that time. I, I wasn't making like YouTube help content, but I was starting at that time without knowing like really what I was doing on YouTube. But I did have life experience in terms of like, I was as part of like some of the work that I was doing before I came onto YouTube, I was helping people like rank blog posts and things like that in Google search. So I was familiar with like keyword optimization and things like that, which is one of the really you know big things that helped me get started on YouTube. Um, so I did have some of those life experiences. I had graphic design experience, things like that, which helped. But in terms of my conversion for subscribers, it took me five months to get my first 150. So, you know, if you use that as perspective, then you're doing great. Um, but if you use another channel that might be in here right now that published one video on their channel and that video got 50,000 views and they ended up getting, you know, a bunch of subscribers from that, they're, they're, they ended up getting their monetization requirements from one video, then in that case, if you looked at that one, then you'd be like, oh my gosh, I'm doing terrible. But I just want you to know that, you know, this entire journey is unique for everyone. So in my opinion, I think you're doing, I think you're doing great. Um, but one thing that I would make sure that you're doing is consistently publishing content so you can just work on the skill sets involved. Um, so, you know, working on the skill sets of presenting the content, editing the content, optimizing the content, making good thumbnails, titles, you know, all that stuff. Um, just, just focus on the process itself and then everything else will fall into place. Focus on the process of making everything and focus on the process of, you know, adding value to the people that are interacting with your content and just creating a great experience for them. If you focus on those things, you'll do great long-term, um, but you just have to make sure that you, you know, just stay focused on what it is that you're doing, that you are serving a very specific audience with your content. So like, for example, like when I first started, one thing that I was doing incorrectly that could have negatively impacted my growth is I was making like, I would have like one video that was targeting like video creators to where it was like how to overcome camera shyness. That's like isolated to people that are wanting to go onto YouTube or just wanting to make videos in general. Then I would make videos about like how to stay focused when you're working in a coffee shop. Now, in terms of like who the content is for, those are two wildly, wildly different audiences. So if I just focused on like how to keep, you know, how to, how to work as like a, you know, online person as a digital nomad or something. And I just focused on that audience. I might've grown faster and I might've, you know, gotten the subscribers faster than five months for that first 150, um, or not you know, cause I don't know, like, we don't know because, you know, we're, you know, I didn't take that path, but, um, in your particular case though, just, you know, I just want you to know, it took me, uh, five, uh, five months to get my first 150 subscribers. So by that view, you're doing, you're doing great. Um, and again, like if you don't have, like if, if you don't have like a bunch of stuff that you've done in your life that you can apply to YouTube, then you are kind of starting at the ground level on the skill sets that you have to develop. And because of that, it can end up taking time to get all those things in place to where you can just like nail it every time. Um, again, in my case, I came on with massive advantages and it still took me a while. So that's what I'm trying to express here. <laughs> so not only did I have graphic design experience, not only did I know about like keywords and keyword targeting and all of that, not only those things. Um, but I also had just a little tiny bit of, uh, like video, um, experience as well. Um, I also had, you know, my brother who had tons of video, um, experience that I could, you know, just ask questions to. Um, and I did sales for over a decade. So in terms of presenting, in terms of understanding the psychology of communication, things like that, like, um, you know, like I had all of those advantages and it still took me five months to get my first 150 subscribers on my channel. So I'm um, just keep that in mind when it comes to, you know, like where you're at and, like what is good and what isn't good. But most importantly, just remember that we all grow, you know, at different, um, different speeds. 
So um, let's see here. So Spike Wade Super says, I'm a shorts creator with 378 subscribers and 170,000 views. Any tips for reaching that 10 million goal for monetization, averaging like 2,000 views per video? Um, so one, paying attention to your um, retention on those particular shorts um, and just the engagement that you're getting on those overall in terms of watch time, because because you need to make sure that you are doing everything that you possibly can to create that good experience in shorts to help them perform better. Another thing is depending on the type of content that you're making, you also want to make sure that you are going broad, as broad as you possibly can with your content, but still keeping it in alignment with the people that you're trying to reach. So let me give you an example of what that would look like. Um, so let's say, for example, you were trying to reach people that were for your channel overall, people that were camera enthusiasts, right? Then, and, and I'm just saying that because I've got cameras here. Um, in that particular case, instead of making a video about tips and tricks for like one camera, um, I would make it like tips and tricks, tips and tricks for photography in general or videography in general. So then that way, it doesn't matter what camera somebody has, um, as long as they're interested in photography or videography, your content would be relevant versus them having to know that specific camera and be having that very specific problem with that specific camera, which isolates it to a smaller group of people. So what you want to think about is like with every video that you're publishing, make it for the target audience that you're going for, but try to make it a broad topic within that audience. Another example, just since you watch my content is my version of that would be um, if I made a video about like um, how gamers can grow their channels, then that would isolate the content to gamers, but it would alienate everyone else. Um, whereas if I made a video about just how to grow your channel, then that includes everyone, right? So, um, so when you take that approach and you're operating within your niche, or within the audience that you're trying to reach, but you're going broad within that audience, then it gives you much more growth potential compared to isolating everything down to, you know, to, to where people have to meet all of these qualifications for the content to be relevant to them. Welcome to the Niminati. Ronnie's Rambles, welcome to the Niminati. Make sure that um, next time you get the chance, you go to nimenvip.com. That is our members only Facebook group. I'm gonna put it up on the screen here for you right now. That's our members only Facebook group. Fill out all the information on the way in because um, that's how I verify that you're a member before I let you in there. Uh, if you can do that before the stream is over today, um, I will get you in there um, as soon as the stream is complete. Um, let's see here. Just kind of looking at comments here really quick. So what we're going to do here, um, is we are going to answer just a few questions right out of the comment section here. So if anybody has anything, go ahead and just drop it in there. Cause I know some people, they're just like just showing up and stuff. So I just want to give like a, you know, just some people the um, option there. So I'm going to hop into the form here. Um, if you do have a question, go ahead and just drop it in the chat right now and just put a queue in front of it. And I'm just going to randomly select, um, you know, just the questions, um, that I answer there and I'll just randomly select, you know, um, just a, a couple of questions and answer them there. But in the meantime, while I'm waiting for those to come in, um, Bob and Tam, Excellent Adventures is our next question um, over here. And what they do is they have a motorcycle channel and the goal of the channel is to give out good info. And the question is, they've been putting out videos for three years. They have 20,000 subscribers. First year grew pretty quick. Um, they keep videos about eight minutes long. During motorcycle rallies, they get great views, but once over, they drop to around 1,000 views. Um, they're trying to add more info about up and coming rallies, but not so not much luck. We have TubeBuddy and we use StreamYard for lives weekly. Okay, awesome. So when it comes to um, 
you your views dropping down to around a thousand, I would make sure that you're talking about things other than rallies. So maybe you're talking about, you know, like you can talk about upcoming rallies, but maybe you're talking about the motorcycles themselves. Maybe you are documenting um, the trips that you're having when you guys take long rides, um, you know, those types of things to give that audience other content that they could relate to because, you know, you're reaching, you know, people that are into motorcycles. Um, so giving them other content that they can relate to in between, you know, when those rallies happen that typically, you know, kind of peak your views. Um, and by doing that, um, what you're doing is you're going to grow the audience of people that are interested in seeing the rallies that couldn't make it. That's probably where a lot of your viewers are coming from. Um, and then you're also going to build that audience that's just into, you know, your motorcycle adventures or other information that you would share around um, around motorcycles. But considering you're, you are talking about the rallies, um, I think that, you know, the adventure side of things in terms of like documenting some of the trips you take and things like that, um, I think that would be a win, just something I would do it in a way that motorcycle, you know, uh, motorcycle enthusiasts um, could, you know, um, could relate to and enjoy. Um, let's see here. Next up on our list, we've got, got to pull this out of the, um, out of the chat here. Just make sure you put a Q in front of it because that helps me know that it is um, for me. So really quick, so we've got Blue Plays. Um, they say, I'm a gaming live streamer and I wanna ask you on tips to get 4,000 hours of watch time on live streams. So a few things to think about when it comes to live streams. And the very first is that everybody has this idea that live streams have to be 30 minutes or they have to be an hour long. They don't. You can make five minute or 10 minute live streams. I'm proving this by doing this every single Friday on my YouTube channel. Um, you can make very short live streams and they can do awesome. You can make long ones and they can do awesome too. But just keep in mind that, you know, if you're a gaming live streamer, you can do just like one thing, like, hey, I'm gonna beat this level as fast as I possibly can. That's the challenge. So your video starts, your live stream starts, you open it up and you're like, hey, welcome to today's video. I'm, I am at this point in the game and I'm gonna get through this level as fast as I possibly can. My goal is to see if I can do it in 10 minutes and then you just go for it and then in that particular case they're going to be hooked because they're going to see that you're you know challenging um, or that you're trying to accomplish a very specific thing so they're going to be more likely to continue watching it and then as soon as you complete that level if you can do it within 10 minutes then you know then shut it down just be like okay you know if you enjoyed this you know make sure that you you know uh, you know click into this playlist here of other challenges that i've done have a great you know have a you know great weekend i'll see you next time or whatever the thing is and then um, by doing that you're creating that shorter form content that is more easily digestible and it's less of a commitment for the people that you're trying to reach for people to sample your content. And you are giving that content as long as people, you know, are enjoying it and as long as you set it up the right way because you want to hook them in the beginning just like you do in videos. And then when that stream's complete, you try to hand them off to other videos that you've done like that that are similar short form videos. And what you do in that case is you give those videos potential to like blow up because they're interested and they're specific to a very, you know, isolated thing within the game. So by doing that, um, that gives you that opportunity to have the videos, you know, go bigger, so to speak, as long as you package them up correctly and all that. But then still make sure that you do your regular live streams that are longer once you get people interacting with that content and you're starting to grow your audience that way. Because then if you can get people hanging out in your live streams, then, you know, if you can get people for an hour and they'll hang out for the entire hour, that will add a substantial amount of watch time per live stream that you're doing. So, and to like fully leverage live streaming, 
have short form long live streams that you're doing and long form live streams that you're doing so that you're able to collect watch time in both um, scenarios. So one, you're collecting shorter amounts of watch time, but you're giving yourself the potential for them to go you know, bigger. And then you have your longer form to where it's much more of a commitment for a new viewer that hasn't experienced your content yet, but the people that are already enjoying your content through some of that short form that they've inter been introduced to you for through, um, they can come in and participate in your live streams, your longer ones, which will help you um, get that 4,000 hours of watch time faster. Um, another very important part of that as well is if you do decide to do that and you start doing some of those shorter form live streams, make sure that you are thinking about it long term. And instead of just being like, hey, I'm just going to do like a short form live stream and be done. Think about, OK, over the next like month, what are um, what are, you know, 10 different short form live streams or eight different short form live streams that I could do to where I could put a playlist together um, that would be a theme for these particular, you know, short form streams that I'm doing so that at the end of every one, I can direct people into that playlist to watch more. And by doing that for the people that make it to the end of your video that are the most engaged, some of those people are going to go and watch more of your videos, which then will also help your watch time compound. Um, let's see here. Tina's, Trina's motivation says, I do live stream to motivate each morning, but I do upload on hair and food. Do you think this is too much for the channel? Absolutely. So if you if your whole channel is motivating people, then you don't want to make videos. You don't want to publish videos about hair and food on your channel because hair and food, I mean, food motivates people, but you know what I mean? Like if you're sharing like encouraging messages every morning and that's your thing, then in that case, you don't want to drop like food content. Um, you don't want to drop food content into the, uh, into the channel. Um, let's see here. Next up on our list. Give me one second here. I have to check something if I can find which screen I'm looking at here. I'll just do it right here to make it easy on myself. Okay. Let's go into YouTube. Let's go into here. Let's go into here. Okay. All right. Okay, so um, so my brother D and Daniel Batal are starting their live stream right now where they're, where they're reviewing YouTube channels. So if you wanna have your channel looked at or have them pull your channel up on screen, they have like a game show that they do and they randomly pull people from chat and they give them very specific, helpful information that helps them grow their YouTube channels. That's starting literally right now um, over on the StreamYard YouTube channel. And as soon as I hit the stop button here, it's gonna just send you over there automatically so you don't even have to do anything. Um, so if you were hanging out here today and you are a new content creator and you're thinking to yourself like, man, I've got this huge mountain to climb and there's just so much information that he shared here and it sounds complicated. I want you to know that yes, you absolutely have to make sure that you are developing skills. Yes, you have to pay attention to what it is that you're doing so that you can do it sustainably for a long period of time. But also keep in mind that at the core of everything, all you have to do is learn the learn how to get the people that you're trying to reach to click on what it is that you're doing and learn how to make content that they enjoy. That's all you have to learn how to do. But that's there's tons of nuance within that and it can be complicated and it can take some time. But just, if you just embrace that process of learning how to do those things and you're actively trying to level up your skill sets just a little bit with every video that you make, you'll do awesome. But if you decide like, eh, yeah, I'm just gonna kind of upload stuff and just kind of hope it works out, chances are it's not gonna work out. And if it does work out, it's gonna be for a very limited amount of time. So because of that, just make sure that you are focused on your skill sets. And if there's anything that I said during the stream, 
that didn't make sense, write it down and go and start exploring it. Hop on YouTube, watch videos about it, hop on Google, research, you know, find some information about those things that you didn't understand so that you can better understand the platform that you want to, you know, succeed on. And um, with that said, everybody have a fantastic rest of your weekend. Stay safe out there. And I will see you next Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern. And, um, and I'll see you Friday for the news. And I'll see you um, probably Tuesday of this coming week as well for the monetization channel reviews. What we're doing there, for those of you that don't know, um, is basically I'm, I'm doing channel reviews where I look at the channel and we start figuring out different ways that you can make money that isn't only YouTube ads, super chats, things like that. You know, we talk about affiliate marketing, creating courses, all kinds of things that you can do to better monetize what it is that you're doing. So make sure that you um, check that out as well. And of course, make sure that you check out um, all of the sponsors um, of the channel. I've got links to everything down in the video description. You can find, you know, links to all kinds of helpful tools down there that'll help you in all kinds of different ways and resources as well. Some are paid, some are free, some are mine, some are, you know, things that I do, you know, like with my brother, for example, that kind of stuff. But you can check all that out down in the video description. Everybody have a fantastic fantastic rest of your weekend and I will see you next time.